Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. We do, we do, Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
What if I ended all of my podcasts that way? Ah, folks, it's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. It's Wednesday. Happy hump day, folks. We did it. We got halfway through the week. I haven't done math in a while on this show, but I'm going to do it real quick for you just so we can break it down, just so you can visualize this with me. So say there's five days in a work week, right? You got your Mondays, your Tuesdays, your Wednesdays, your Thursday, Friday. So we're on the third one of those. So if you each one of those days represents 20% at 60%. So that means that's where that hump thing, you're over the hump. I know this is probably the first time that's been explained to you, so it's got to be, I'm going to give you a second to really be blown away right now. Like, that's Ryan. Whoa, I'm already learning something. That's I, you, I was just here to sort of laugh, and now I learned something. You're welcome. You guys, today's going to be a special day, as all days are special days on this show, uh, in that uh, we're going to be doing part two of... My recap of Coyote Ugly with the one and only Annabelle DeSisto. Now, you're probably like, Ryan, I, you left us hanging yesterday. I don't know how the movie ends now, but you're not, you're going to, you're going to find out, you're going to get closer to the ending today because we're going to do that. But we're also, I'm also going to go over a Summer House recap with you. We're going to talk a couple news stories. So this is chock full. I do want to remind you there are timestamps. So if you, if you go, no, I need to know. What happens to Coyote Ugly right now, Ryan? Right now. You can skip there right now. You can pick right up to the magic. Which, by the way, that was a Leanne Rhymes mega mix. Uh, she Can't Stop the Moonlight, which I hate to give away the, the 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 plot, but at the end of the movie, that's what the main character, Violet, she sings a song she wrote called Can't Stop the Moonlight. And I've never truly tried to stop the moonlight. It's something that I think about a lot since I've seen the movie. And I was like, oh, should I try to stop the moonlight? And I was like, no, you can't. You just, you can't do it. And I'm like, yeah, why why even try if you can't? But then I was like, maybe... Maybe Leanne Rimes is daring me. Like, maybe she's like, don't, but like, maybe I'm like, well, I should still try. Anyway, stuff, stuff I don't need to bring to the podcast. Uh, what did you guys think of the Summer House uh, finale, I guess? Because that's the the last one of the season. It, it We'll go over it. There's some rough moments in there. And I want to, it's going to be interesting. We can talk about some moments that have happened on social media since. Uh, Kyle Cook in particular standing up for Amanda, which is what Carl was standing up for Lindsay. And it was like, Kyle, why don't you take your boyfriend hat off for a second? JK. I do like, I think there's one moment specifically that I talked about really briefly in the show at the very end last night that I was bummed out about with Amanda because I genuinely like Amanda. But Amanda to me is the, she could either be the great negotiator. She could be, you know, extending hands across both groups because you have the Danielle, Carl, Lindsay contingent, which I think you could add Luke in there a little bit. Alex at this point will go either way. It's like just I want to be included, and I I, I do like Alex. Um, I just wish you know. We'll talk about that. Um, and she could bridge it with Paige, Sierra, and Maya to a degree. It's all about like I think there's a lot of age stuff that gets involved in there as well, and of course. It, you know, it, it's people keep saying mean girls, and I don't know if I'm the person to tell you what a mean girl is. It's a term I think a lot of girls throw around in a certain Lindsay Lohan movie. I just think that Paige in particular, we've seen Paige from the very beginning. I've always said Paige is extremely witty, and um, I really do believe she's extremely witty, but she's also nasty. 
And I think that does sometimes go hand in hand with wit at times. People are like, no, you can be funny without being mean. I'm like, you can, but it's really, you know, but it's really good when you can do both. And she can do both. It's just that sometimes she's so like she's so stubborn and set in her own ways and gets like this kind of I don't know if she was raised spoiled or something, but she comes off very like a spoiled brat. And uh, it, it, it it's bothersome because then you're like, oh, you're just you're just acting on your feelings instead of actually making any sense. Does it does that make sense to you guys? And Craig is a lot of the same way. So I'm very curious to see their relationship more in action because it's usually if you watch it's Craig's way or the highway and Paige seems really stubborn too. And we saw this season, how Paige really kind of, I thought at times rolled over, laid down for Craig tons of times. And that's interesting for somebody who has so much power, uh, without a man, you know, like really in control of so many things, uh, from a female perspective, not, you know, but I'm saying, I would think from a female perspective, she is considered somebody that's in control of her own kind of thing. So it's interesting that I would imagine if you're with Craig, you kind of got to let him take the driver's seat. And she's made a couple jokes now since, uh, like on Watch What Happens Live and stuff like that, that she's the smarter one and blah, blah, blah. So I, I'm really curious about seeing that in action. And with that information coming out about Amanda's wedding that that uh, Craig did get asked to leave uh, at their wedding, I'm so curious about those things. I think that kind of shit really would potentially embarrass Paige a great deal. Also, you just... I, I think there's this... this um, I wanted to talk about that. I've been thinking about this all day. There's this, um, what do we always say in reality shows? Is that like, oh my God, well, we should be thankful that they put it all out there. Like at least they're, at least they're daring to look stupid on TV. And I'm like, I mean, a lot of the time that's like with Jax and Austin and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, okay. But that still doesn't excuse them for being assholes. Like, I feel like it, it doesn't just erase things. I mean, but I mean, Austin, I, he must have some kind of weird mystical Wiccan power or something where he can just make people forget. Like, I still am just shocked that he is able to skate through all of this unscathed and we still are fighting about fucking Lindsay and Amanda and Sierra. And I'm like, dude, this is so misplaced. You've got a fall guy right there. The guy who did the shit. He's right there. We're all saying his name. Come on. But we have this thing with reality shows where... I'm seeing this argument of like, well, at least, you know, that's, that's where they're really being who they are and they're really making things happen. And I'm like, okay, cool. They're still assholes and they're still making asshole things happen. And they don't seem like great people. Like we always talk about this show. Two things can be true at once. Yeah, they can be true, but it can also be true that they're an asshole. So it's weird. It's like, I don't think we should congratulate people. Like, it's like, yeah, that's their fucking job. Do it. You know, I was just rewatching the Jersey reunion part two and in, in uh, preparation of part three tonight. And I was just thinking about like, man, I really don't like Jennifer Aiden sometimes. I really don't like it. And it's like, well, she makes things happen. She does. You know, yeah, she does. And I was thinking about how Teresa's kind of like a brick wall. Like you just can't. I I said this last week. It's her show. Like the show isn't going to change until they she decides to leave or they decide to ask her to leave, which I don't think will ever happen. So you're kind of locked in this space where it's entertaining, entertaining. But I think. A lot of the audience sometimes will keep watching it, but it feels like we are bashing our head up against a brick wall because it's like 
it just feels like deja vu over and we're having the same arguments again and again and again. Now we're at the end of this season of summer house and sometimes into the seasons now are kind of frustrating because you sense the real impact that's happened. Like I watched last night and I was like, Ooh, this can't be good for any of them. Like I can't imagine wanting to be in a house with any of these people at this point. Like there truly is division there. So I was curious, and and I know Carl and Lindsay, I think they were at the Bravo Upfronts, and I'm like, I don't think anybody's going anywhere except for maybe, you know, I'll be curious to see what they do with Alex, but I don't think there's going to be any big major cast shakeups. So how do you, as a producer, I'd be really curious, how do you... How do you build that bridge or at least a tenuous bridge enough to get them in the house, to get them interacting a little bit to then get them to fight again? It's just so weird. It's like, how far can we go with this? And is there, I don't think this will be the next season because I believe truly that we're setting up for a Carl and Lindsay season. And I just really, like I said before, I hope Carl is strong enough for that. And I hope I'll be very curious. I mean, I am curious to see how this all goes down, but we all have this same reaction now. And I I was talking about this, I think on Monday's episode with Sophie, where I was like, it was something bad was about to, oh, it was like on Miami because Lisa Hochstein and Lenny, Lenny, you know, pretty much said they're getting a divorce. And we have that video of Lenny with that, that girl in Miami that uh, has been posted everywhere, real disgusting stuff. But I said, oh my God, oh my God, good. They're filming. And I was like, how fucked up of a thought is that? I'm like, oh, good. It's true. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, good. The worst part of her life is going to be on TV. But at the same time, that's kind of what these shows have turned into. So you're like, were cameras there? Good, 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 good. You know, like it's really, and I have to look inwards and go, okay, what? going on with me that I'm like, I need to see that. <laughs> I want to see the pain. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how they handle Louie tonight on the reunion for Jersey because it's like I can't imagine they go that deep with him or they wouldn't be agreeing to do another season, you know? They're not going to completely ruin this guy, even though I feel like he deserves a really strong questioning that lasts more than a 15-minute segment, if that. But it is it is interesting. I, I I went away from the summer house reunion going like ah, like even moments when Carl would try to make up with Paige, you know, it, it seemed like she's like okay, fine then, okay, great, thank you, and it was like she didn't let it like you gotta give a little, you gotta give a little in life. I'm sorry, you know, and maybe she just thinks she's young and like so you know like young and hot and her you know her shit doesn't smell and let's you know like maybe that's the attitude i don't know but i just don't think it works i don't think that kind of attitude or at least it doesn't work as you get older i think you you know that's when things start falling apart that's you know if you can't actually reach across some sort of uh, proverbial aisle and say like i'm trying to understand where you're coming from carl you know i gotta say like he did you know step in for Lindsay so much in that first part where it could be considered annoying to some and you could really tell he was really trying and and he, he did snap at page that one time he did apologize too and he thought about his actions and he talked about that and i think that is another example of how decent a man Carl is becoming, how he really is trying. And hopefully Paige and and me and anybody out there is like, we'll have those same kind of revelations where we are actually able to to be able to make positive changes in our life. And and that's why I think it's like, yeah, okay, this is how I feel right now, right? 
I could change my feelings about Paige next season. I mean, man, maybe Paige is going to have some kind of, uh, you know, huge revelation down from above that says, you know, you need to start, you know, caring about people more than yourself. You know, <laughs> like maybe they'll be and I, I'll be blown away. I mean, that kind of is another thing that's cool about life and hopefully reality shows can capture, too, is that. We can all, I mean, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there is a place for all of this. And I try not to get too down because I get really emotionally invested, as you guys know. I said that in a tweet last night. I was like, I'm really bummed about that Amanda moment where she went backstage and and Paige was like, Carl's an asshole. And Amanda's like, no, he works for us. He's, you know, Lindsay's just kind of, you know, manipulated him or what. Uh, well, I have the word written down specifically. And I was like, that is such a dark thing. It was like a behind the scenes moment that got caught. And I was really bummed because I, I like Amanda. I root for Man- Amanda and I didn't. I was just thinking how hurtful that has to be for Carl today or last night when he saw that and how hurtful that must be for Lindsay. And I know there's give and take. I know Lindsay's hurt Sierra and all. I know there's hurt on top of hurt. But, you know, in that moment, I was really bummed out and I wrote this tweet saying that. And then afterwards I go, and by the way, I know I'm a grown man and this shit shouldn't I shouldn't be emotionally invested as I am in these things. But, hey, I've now built my whole life around it. So I guess, uh, you know, we're this is where we're at right now. So, um, OK, I'm going to do a recap of that. But I want to do a couple because there's just so much Bravo news. I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a couple of things right off the bat. Um uh, so we've got a lot of Bravo news today. This is wild. We got the Real Housewives of Dubai trailer, or at least a minute something of it. It looks, you know, I love the exotic location. It looks cool. We got a Phaedra Parks cameo for some reason. We, we see camels. We see people getting in the water. I mean, you know, it's a Housewives thing. I'll be really curious to start seeing interaction. That's where I will be very, very curious on how everything works. So I'm going to watch it. Also, I gave incorrect information uh, on something. Maybe it was a cameo or something. I said Real Housewives of Dubai was going to be on Bravo. It's not. It's going to be on Peacock June 1st. I do recommend Peacock uh, very much so, though. And and I want want it to work because a lot of people are not... um, are not subscribing to Peacock. Like, it is, I think, the least bought streaming service right now, which is just wild. Uh, so we had the upfronts yesterday, which seemed exciting. If you saw any of the musical numbers, it was like a whole thing. Uh, we got Linny, Linny and Lisa. No, you guys, Real Housewives of Orange County news. Things that didn't surprise me at all. So much so that I didn't even make a post out of it. Out of it. Old uh, Concrete Leg, Cement Leg, Dr. Jen from OC, and Ryan. 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 R-Y-N-E. Ryan. I'm Ryan. He's Ryan. They are separating, I know. Uh, Camelot has fallen. Romance is dead everywhere. Yeah, they're they're separating. Uh, we do know that Mr. Puppers will be uh, going to Rhine because he's surgically attached. But uh, this is not a surprise to me. The only thing that is a surprise that I'm like, I think Dr. Jen might have come back or might have been offered a rollback if they were still together on the hope. Well, it's <laughs> so dark on the hopes that they would split up on season. Now, I don't know if we, you know, if Ryan says, no, I don't want to be on the show anymore. I don't want to put our separation on the show. Dr. Jen's done. There's just no way. I just don't see it happening. Do you guys see it happen? I just think that's toast. Um, Summer House Reunion, we'll talk about it in a sec. Southern Charm, we saw the trailer. I talked about that yesterday. And, okay, so Real Housewives of New Jersey, the Gorgas are on their Melissa Gorgas podcast. I would love to talk to Melissa or Joey. Man, could you imagine an interview with me and Joey? Oh, God, I would die. Um, <laughs> so they were, like, they were saying, like, that they 
you know, Teresa should be thankful because they kept that family afloat when Teresa was in prison, you know. And listen, you know, you can, you know, there's a few things that are certain in life, right? Death, taxes, and that the Gorgas and the Geodichis will never see eye to eye at this point. And I, 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 people were furious about this. People fucking love to like go wild on Melissa Gorga. And I just, I get it sometimes, but I'm like, Melissa, like her, like her or not, lives in a real world. Joey might not live in a real world. Like Joey and Teresa are very similar. That you, the family is that family dynamic is wild. How they were raised has to have been wild. But Melissa. For all intents and purposes, maybe she, the jealousy over Joey and all that I don't get, lives in the real world. Teresa does not live in the real world. So I think there's these things that sometimes I totally understand. Sometimes I totally understand where Melissa's coming from, but it's not going to do, like, it's not going to, you know, Teresa's not going to hear it. Teresa doesn't have the bandwidth to hear her sister-in-law, you know? Like, it's, it is just funny, though, because now at least... We can stop pretending that they even want to be cordial to each other. Like they fully at this point, they're like, I think they're just kind of like, yeah, we do not like each other. I think there's freedom in that. It'll be curious to see how that translates to uh, to the the show. And I don't think Melissa's going anywhere. I don't think because I think the Joey element of it, and I think this is what makes Jersey interesting, is that Joey is kind of like a housewife. He is like you know, it's what. You know, he got called out on for at the reunion last week that upset him so much. But it's true. You know, that he is very much a part of that cast. He's very much a part of the main cast. I don't even mean the guys. I mean the girls. You know, that relationship between Teresa and Joey is just, it's fascinating. Don't you guys think it's like really, really, truly interesting? Oh, also, let's get into Summer House right now. But just a reminder for all Patreon members, we will be doing a YouTube live tonight. At 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I believe that's how those times break down. And uh, you'll be getting a special link to the private YouTube like 20 minutes before. We have done a test run. Everything is solid. I got a new webcam so I can look extra old. And uh, so we can show all the wrinkles, all every little crevice of my face. I'm very excited. So go join. You can you can get access to this at any level, which is cool. Um, Meditza and Sandra have been kicking ass and really helping me this last week, especially after I've not really felt great, uh, which I think I'm slowly kind of feeling better. Um, that is something. Go subscribe to the YouTube, even if you don't do the Patreon, please. Even if you don't even plan on watching it, just go hit subscribe. I cannot, I cannot beg more for this. It's something that I want to get going, and I just want us to get above a thousand, which we're very, very close. So, your thumb could help today. Also, if you like the podcast, leave reviews, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can do both, five stars. That would be awesome. And uh, okay, Summer House. So what a what a season it's been. I'm very sad that it's over. Um, it, there's always that thing when you it's like the last day of school where you're like, fuck, I'm not going to see these people again all summer. You know, like we're, we're done. We're done. Now they go back to their caves or their, you know, I like to pretend that they shut off. Like, you know, they're just like robots or like we must at, at the end of the we, I would be much more comforted at the end of part two of Andy shuts them all off of like, OK, well, that was our season. Carl, we're going to shut you off first. You know, like it would be oh, I would be really 
now I'm going to actually pitch that idea. I think we should really do that. <laughs> so it's bummer because I really genuinely like this show. Even that, you can tell when I really like a show is when I get emotionally upset. When I got upset at that Amanda moment, like that's when like I Jersey doesn't upset me anymore or, you know, like, but somewhere else still, I, and the thing is, I don't necessarily know how to fix it. And that's, what's frustrating is that I think it starts with genuine, genuinely understanding each other or trying to understand each other, but there's just so many different factors, but you, you know, age, sex, all of this stuff. It's, it's really, really fascinating to me. Uh, so last week we, uh, had, uh, you know, like previously on the summer house reunion, and and he's like, "What's your name? What's your couple name, Lindsay and Carl?" And they're like, "Radhouse." And Andrea, cute little Andrea, going, "Yeah, my success rate is pretty good. Yeah, when I go out, girls, uh, they really like me." Oh, by the way, I have to tell you, I made a meme. This sweet little Andrea, I swear to God, this guy, I, he, he is just. I'm trying to find his. Okay, so little Andrea Denver, and I know he's not. You know. He's such a nice guy. I made a meme and he goes, he did a crying laughing emoji in my DMs. And I wrote, great season, dude. You killed it. Hope you and Lexi are back next season. You know, that's his new lady. And he goes, and he, this is what he writes, but you can't help but hear it in his accent. He goes, thank you so much, Ryan. It was an intense season, but overall, everything I went through taught me a lot. And then he did the raise, raise the roof emoji. But let me read it to you. And is it like, this is how I, this is how I read it. Thank you so much, Ryan. Yeah, it was an intense season. But overall, everything I went through taught me a lot. You know, like, I... I... (laughs) And you know what? Like, I might... My instinct is, like, my natural instinct is to keep that conversation going. But I just liked it, you know? Because I was like, I wanted to keep going back. But I was like, nah. But, like, I just... what What a good guy. Like, that's... Like, I realize we all can't be good like that. But I, I also got to tell you, and I know we already congratulate people for being good looking so much in the society, but there is something really comforting to know that this person doesn't have to be nice and that they are. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, ah, usually people with your kind of looks are raging assholes and you seem like a genuinely decent person. You know, like I, I that shit impresses me. It just does. Like nice people impress me with when they're genuinely nice like when people are genuinely nice like it takes me even like a couple like years to even like are you bullshitting like is this you can't be this nice i remember a couple of people in my life where i'm like there's no fucking way like when my one good friend angelique who actually is an amazing actor you might have seen her on the old cbs sitcom life in pieces and she has she's always working and I remember being in an acting class with her the first time and she was like, so nice. And I was just like, I didn't buy it. I remember I was like, I don't buy this shit. And it was like, it like after a year, I was like, oh my God, she, she really is one of the nicest people. One of the most positive people. One of the most like, it's just, those people just blow me away. And Andrea seems to be one of those people that really genuinely cares and can admit, this is what like has an ego where he can admit when he's in the wrong. That's such an important part of personality, right? When we can actually admit like, yo, I, I fucked up there, you know, like that's any, any, we see, you know, in, in the case of Maya, he, he immediately the next weekend after Maya called him out was like, yo, I want to show you that I do care about you and build that relationship. And when you don't have an ego that gets in the way, you can make great things happen like that. Or at least that's the lesson I take away from Summer House. And that's truly the only lesson. 
So um, last week we also had the Paige Carl thing where, you know, it's like, what a genie this season, Carl. And he's like, I had a, I had a great, I had a great fucking summer, you know. Lindsay, uh, of course, saying that the Austin relationship stuff was talked about. It's talked about more in this episode uh, as well. Uh, Andy letting Paige know that your body language is wild. You've never looked her in the eye once in regards to Lindsay. Paige is like, you don't know, Andy. There's a hierarchy in this house. There's a hierarchy. And I'm like, there kind of is, sure, like life. But also, Paige fit really well into that hierarchy. I mean, you know, like really well. Um so we ended last week with the whole Sierra Danielle uh, fight with the wine glass thrown out. And Danielle was like, I, I have developed so much hatred for you, which is such a strong word. And she's like, I really wish you would have DM'd or texted, you know? And she's like, I talked to Maya and she says, you do have remorse, Sierra, but I wish I had heard it from you. And Andy's like, well, didn't she apologize? And Danielle's like, for the wine, but not for the glass. And Sierra says it was an out-of-body experience. It happened so fast, I didn't even realize. And then the trailer dropped, and I saw the slow-mo, and I was like, damn. And we see the slow-mo, and they slowed mo they slow-moed the slow-mo even slower mo. And it was it's intense, man. Like that glass does just shatter right there. And Sierra goes, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that, and I'm a lot better than that. I was hurt in that moment as well at the dinner. To come into that dinner, people were running around the house uh, saying that, you know, Lindsay slept with Austin and Montauk, and that was infuriating to me. And this, you guys, is the first infuriating thing. We see fucking unseen footage where Kyle and Maya and all these people are talking about Lindsay and Austin sleeping naked together in Montauk on a Sunday. Sunday naked sleeping in Montauk? Whoa! And I'm just like, what? Wait, what? Wait, unseen footage? You kept this for me? It was it was offensive. It was like a cheat of like, I'm like, Summer House, look at me, Summer House. You kept this footage from us? Why? Why did you hide this footage? Why did you hide us? I mean, like, we have footage, like, and this happens another time in this episode too. And I'm like, why are we hiding the good footage? We need the good footage. Are you running a show or not? Like, this is why I have trust issues. You guys know what I'm talking about? The, 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 the footage was so good. I mean, it was, it was fine, but it was like, I was like, oh, I, I totally watched this footage. Like, give me a Secrets Revealed episode. Give me a whole Austin and Lindsay and Montauk sleeping naked episode where they just talk about it. Lindsay says, I'm not pouring you know, my all into a lot of people. And Austin, I really like no matter if people understand it or not, we see in the unseen footage. Lindsay says, let me clear it up. I didn't hook up with Austin and Montauk. And Kyle goes, well, we all thought you did. You slept in the same bed. And then Daniel's like, well, she told you and Carl that she didn't tell everyone else that. And then, uh, and then <laughs> Kyle, you blew it with your big mouth and Kyle's not good at keeping secrets. We go back to more unseen footage and, Lindsay's saying, we did not hook up. I would have, but he started snoring. He fell asleep immediately. Um, Lindsay tells Kyle in more unseen fucking footage, which I'm just still, I'm getting, I'm just getting upset even talking about it right now. And uh, I got to say though, you know, it's like Austin, like we do got to like, Austin could just be potentially drinking that much that he hits the bed and goes to sleep. But... There's also a possibility, and I hate to throw this out there, that Austin, I mean, there's like a thing like if he, 
like maybe he just didn't want to sleep with Lindsay. So he immediately acted like he fell asleep. You know what I'm saying? So Sierra says, um, well, even just hearing this, it hurts. It's still the same hurt, even if he if he entered you or didn't, which Andy goes entered. <laughs> I love when we describe sex as entered. May I, milady, may I enter you? Milady, may I take this? <laughs> may I, may I unearth the sheath and and enter you, milady? <laughs> it's me, Austin Kroll. I would like to enter thee. <laughs> Hey, it's me, Craig. Can I enter the page? <laughs> um, so Andy goes, let me ask you this. Is this the first conversation to address the issues? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Andy's like, well, where do we go moving forward with Lindsay and Sierra? And Sierra's like, well, I understand. Oh, no. Uh, Lindsay says, I understand where I could have done things differently and apologize. And it shouldn't be all on me, though. And, you know, you can't just keep saying I dismiss you every time we talk. But then we go to a flashback where a bunch of times Lindsay did dismiss Sierra. And Sierra asked Lindsay if they've been sleeping together in more unseen footage. More unseen footage. We see Sierra asking Lindsay about this. We see uh, Lindsay going, oh, yeah, yeah. Craig is saying, oh, no. Sierra goes, did you know, have you guys been sleeping together? Craig is saying all sorts of shit. And Lind Lindsay says, everyone says shit about me. You might as well, too. And Lindsay says, the things you said have hurt me. Like that speech at the Italian dinner, it hurt me. But I want to address the unseen footage right there again, is that it's really wild when <sighs> Lindsay, like, it, 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 it's psychology, right? Like, Lindsay is that person that everybody shits on. It's just she is that person. And I'm very curious to want to know more. But everybody, even the new people, feel really comfortable shitting on Lindsay. And yeah, Lindsay does it differently than a lot of other people. But it's kind of like, and I don't want to, this is sound offensive. There's, it's, it's, Lindsay has kind of like a Kramer from Seinfeld energy. And it's like, that's just Kramer, you know? <laughs> And I know that's easily dismissive and you're like, oh, well, you know, she needs to be responsible for sleeping with people. I'm like, ah, does she first off? Like, well, then why don't we hold Austin responsible for sleeping with a lot of people too? Like, I find it weird. Then we get into this kind of weird semantics about men and women and sexuality and people sleeping with who and like, you know, what is slut shaming and what isn't. There's a whole conversation, but it's like sometimes people do it a little differently than you. You know, like Lindsay does it way differently than me. Like Lindsay's just a force and that can be upsetting to people. I think Paige is similar in certain ways. It's just Paige has a more control over and she deems herself worthy to be able to tell people or at least, you know, tell people how other people should act. And I think there's a difference there. But Lindsay to me is just kind of like, well, that's Lindsay, you know? Um, so uh, Lindsay says, you also hurt me because you said, I isolate my victims in order to be affectionate with them, which really was probably the best line Sierra had uh, in, in that Italian dinner argument. That one would sting. It's pretty much saying, like, you need to get people alone and away from other people so they like you and hook up with you. And Andy says, OK, is there anything you need to apologize relating to Lindsay, Sierra? And Sierra says, yeah, I'm sorry I did it in a group setting, I guess, you know, to be heard. You know, I, I didn't. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry about that. You know, we have a long way to go and I could I could come to you and say A, B and C about Austin coming here instead of this and blah, blah, blah. And, and 
And Kara goes, or sorry, and she goes, next time, there won't be a next time, Sierra says, in regards to Austin. Sorry, that was a mess of a explanation there. Basically, it was just saying that Sierra is saying that she won't sleep with, she won't be with Austin again, so there won't be a next time regarding this. And Andy says, off camera, Sierra, did you give Austin the same level of heat you're giving Lindsay? Why are you more upset with them than Austin? And... Sierra's like, well, I was equally as upset with Austin. A month later, I gave him an earful, which I'm guessing is Winterhouse. And Andy goes, why a month? And uh, somebody mumbles, he's a piece of shit. And Lindsay goes, is that when you hooked up with him? And Danielle, under her breath, goes, he's such a fuck boy. And Andy goes, you hooked up with him? And Andy's like, Andy's like, I'm super surprised you hooked up with him after that. And Sierra goes, yeah. Me too, but it'll never fucking happen again. And he's like, you still have feelings for Austin? She's like, no. And then we go to break. But that is it. That part made me sad because I was it just showed like, dude, the dude's still doing it, man. Like, and I got to tell you, Austin is more charming than all y'all. That's why he, you know, like, don't like he's charming. That's why he's gotten so many beautiful women. That's why he's really hurt a lot of beautiful women. Like you don't, that just doesn't randomly happen. He's not just like Forrest Gump and things just like bump into him, you know, like, no, he's like, guys, that's ladies. You, I, I hear all of my lady friends all that tell me these horror stories about dudes. Like, okay. So you see how those things happen. This is one of those things. <laughs> and I still see people going, yeah, he's so tall though. He's just so tall. Like get a ladder with, I don't know. Like, I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Like she, she fell for it again. I mean, this is Tristan Thompson level, you guys, except, well, no, it's, it's not as bad because he's not put a kid in anybody yet. And I'm sure Austin wears condoms. I'm sure. Um, so Andy's like, we're back with the gang of summer house. Paige quickly fell in love with a certain Southern charmer whose charms are debatable. And there's a clip package, Craig and Paige in a talking head. I'm juggling two hot guys. I'm the happiest girl in America. Uh, Craig in that scene that I thought was brilliant where he's like, it'll get to a point where it'll just seem inappropriate for us to hook up with other people, babe. <laughs> We see Paige flirting with Andrea. We see Craig inviting her to his parents' house. And Andy goes, Paige, did you did you watch Southern Charm before? Did you I know you're a Bravo fan. Did you did you see Craig and say, I want to be a part of that? Him drunk with Naomi and things like that. And Paige goes, Certainly not. Because if you do watch Southern Charm, you've seen the gamut of Craig Conover, you know, and he's a lot of people still love the dude to death, but you know, Andy had a very valid question there. And um, Andrea says, or they're like, Andrea, was it hard that she picked Craig over you? And, oh, sweet little Andrea is like, hey, if Craig, you know, if Craig is the person she meant to be with, you know, I'm happy for them. It worked out the perfect way because I got the Milexi and she got the, you know. And Paige says it was exactly what we needed. Uh, and it, it's we're with the people that we should be with, Paige says. And all the girls on the other side of the couch are like, oh my God, he's so sweet. Andrea's so sweet. They bring up Demois because we're bringing up the Craig, Christian Cavallari thing. And Christian Cavallari said Craig made up the rumor that they slept together to capitalize on her name. And uh, Andy's like, do we believe Craig? And everyone believes him. Danielle half believes him, according to Hans. And Amanda says, well, you know, basically, there's no reason for him to lie because him telling the truth upset Paige. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he could have said he didn't sleep with Kristen and it would have been all gravy because then Paige wouldn't have got hurt. Um, Andy goes, Lindsay, did Craig ever apologize for calling you a loser? And we get a flashback where Craig's like, she sucks. She always has sucked, which I do believe has very much painted Paige's already negative perception of Lindsay. And Lindsay goes, he approached me, but not with an apology, just trying to explain what happened. He said, I'm sorry for screaming at you and saying those things for as long as I did. And Paige says, I did not like that he did that. That's very uncomfortable for me. And I'm like, oh, sure. Okay. And so the summer, there, the, then it gets into this kind of fight where they're mad at Lindsay again because they think Lindsay knew the Christian Cavallari information the entire summer and waited to tell uh, Paige on national TV. And Paige says, it's not something that you've done for the first time, holding something on holding something to say on national TV. And Lindsay says, I didn't know a month before. And then Paige goes, then Austin's a liar. And I'm like, ding, ding, ding. He is a liar. Why are we even fucking believing anything that this, you know, you know what I'm saying? Austin does say a lot of shit. The fact that we're still not even after all of this shit, we're still like, well, Austin's pretty good guy. Amanda says, uh, we see a close-up of Carl in this moment, by the way. It's his, his listen face is very interesting. Amanda says, Lindsay, you hold on to information and you wait for a moment and label it as you being a good friend. Now this is a crux of potentially really one of the reasons why they're really mad. And, Lindsay's like, it's been on Demois the whole time. And Paige says, every summer you do something. Like the first summer, Kyle brought up cheating, uh, and you knew the whole summer, and then you brought it up his birthday weekend. And we get a flashback of all that stuff, which is truly yikes. And Amanda's like, yeah, I've never gotten over that. And Carl says, is that why you brought up the rumor of her and Luke Page? Um, because remember that was with the psychic last, you know, the season with Hannah that they started that. And Paige's like, that was Hannah. That was Hannah, not me. It was Hannah, not me. And Luke says, yeah, you, you know, you were drilling me in the kitchen about it. By the way, this is one of the only times Luke speaks. <laughs> it's just love the dude. It just didn't, didn't, I don't know, man. Paige says, Carl will never take my side. And Carl goes, I don't have beef with you. And Paige's like, seems like you do. And Carl goes, our show is amazing because of surveillance. And I don't think she's calculating doing that, which who knows if that is true. I mean, who really truly, who knows if that is true? Amanda says, you take advantage of inserting yourself into relationships. I thought that was kind of hurtful. And Lindsay's like, that's not my intention. And Andy says, you were trying to be a girl's girl. <laughs> this girl's girl thing is wild. Like I just mean girl, girl's girl. It's like, what? Sierra says, oh yeah, like your sexy car ride with Andrea when Paige was flirting with him. And Kyle goes, what's a sexy car ride? And you guys, more unseen fucking footage. We see a sexy car ride between Andrea, where Lindsay's like, well, what do you consider a sexy car ride? He's like, oh, a sexy car ride. You know, it's like a hand between a leg. You know, I'm buttoning the jeans. Like, hand over the shirt. And you can, Lindsay has eye boners, dude. Her eyes are like, zoiks. And Lindsay says, oh my God, stop. I need to concentrate. I'm driving. She really, like, her face is like, zoiks. <laughs> Amanda goes, if you're a girl's girl, you're a girl's girl all the time, not just when you have a rumor to share. Too many rules like this. Let's just let's just be people. You know, Paige says, I wouldn't do that to another girlfriend. And then we have more unseen footage where we are doing a licking the nipple contest. And 
pay. I mean, this was a little funny. And he's like, there was a nipple kiss? And Andrea goes, yeah, it's an Italian way, you know? Paige has like a snotty look on her face. And Andrea says, you know, there was nothing. There was nothing. There was nothing offensive. It was funny, you know? And Lizzie's like, yeah, it's funny. And and then we're we're cut for a break. And Danielle says to Lindsay, does Amanda hate you too after that whole segment? And then we, we, we walk away and we hear Paige's mic. And Paige is like, I'm done with him. And Amanda's mic is like, Carl, Carl works for us. He's a friend. And Paige goes, Carl's an asshole. And then Amanda goes, he's tainted by Lindsay. Oh, yeah. And I was like, damn, that was the moment that I was truly bummed because it just shows like, yeah, they really don't like Lindsay and they haven't. I mean, they just haven't for a long time. And I was just thinking like, oh, that must be so rough on Carl and it must be so rough on Kyle. You know what I'm saying? It's just rough because guys will be angry at each other and they'll just kind of like go through it. Like they'll just like, yep, well, he's girl. It's just, I don't know that, that for, for some reason, that moment just stuck with me. Maya, we come back. Maya's joking to Luke. All you do is grunt and complain in my ear, which I'm like, we need a mic on that. Let's just get, once again, can you give me the control of the mic so I can bump up sound on Luke? I want to hear grunting and complaining. I bet you do. <laughs> uh, we talk about, uh, Andy's like, Kyle, how do you look so good with the drinking? And he's like, uh, you know, Amanda's like, no, no, he's all sunken in. And Andy's like, dude, I want to be sunken in. I drink, what the fuck? I mean, you know. And then he's like, we're back. Over the years, we've watched Lindsay and Carl search for love high and low, you know. But maybe, you know, the straight from the 80s rom-com, true love was closer than they could imagine. And we see this montage of five summers ago, Carl going like, dude, she's so fucking hot. I'd lock that shit down. And Lindsay saying, my heart melts a little bit of Carl. And then we get the moment of like, Carl's like, I fingered her. We weren't even kissing at the time. And then him going, I'm afraid to get into relationships. And then him going like, let's, I want, I want our friendship to find a way back. And then we have this season where Lindsay's like, I'm kind of like developing feelings for you. And I got to say too, it was interesting because this is very cute. You can tell that these two have liked each other. They just have. And I just thought it was interesting too, because it's been a while and I was trying to, I need to go back and rewatch Summer House. Have we ever felt that way about Amanda and Kyle? Now I know we've loved them separately, but have we ever had like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, I mean, we have, we had like, there's been sweet moments and I, but you, do you know what I'm saying? Like the difference. And I don't mean that as an attack on them. I really want to try to not, I, I really do like them and that's why, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like I do actually sometimes get like, oh, I can see directly Carl and Lindsay, how they're just kind of weird for each other. You know, like, I don't even understand. Like I've told you all through these recaps, like, I don't even think they're funny. Like all the shit they say to each other, I think it's lame, but they all think it's hysterical. And I'm like, that's love. Um, Andy says, you know, we saw sparks the last weekend. Was that opening the door? And then Lindsay was like, yeah, but there were three weeks in between, uh, that moment and Kyle and Amanda's wedding. And we were hanging out every day. Uh, and you know, it was very high school for the first month and we were cuddling, holding hands and Andy says, Kyle burps. And Andy goes, did you get drunk during lunch, Kyle? He's like, no, I wish. And then we get back to Lindsay and Carl. And Lindsay, um, Lindsay goes like, yeah, you know. And so finally I was like, do you see this going all the way or some sort of capacity? And he said he did. So then they hooked up. Then they went to Bone Town. Don't bun a down down. That <laughs> show. Um, and then 
Lindsay's like, you know, he was struggling with sobriety and trying to get to that one year mark and right before Christmas. And so I said, I'm going to go sober with you. I'm going to be your sober companion through the holidays. Let's get through this together. I'm your teammate. And there was a question from the audience at Lindsay, are you pregnant? And if she says no, I don't believe her. And they're like, show us your body. And Lindsay's like, oh yeah, no, like I don't, I work out every day and I'm not one of those. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, and she's like, I don't think I'll be sober forever, but my relationship with alcohol is definitely changed forever. And she goes, I started this for Carl, but I've continued for me. And I was like, that's amazing. Uh, so uh, then it's asked, why do you pose so much with Carl? It seems like a PR social media campaign, your post together. Um, and Andy's like, well, I just think that you're giving pe the people what they want. And then the person also says, no one seems to like you and Carl's pick. Why is that? And Amanda goes, well, the algorithm is weird. Yeah, the algorithm is weird. Yeah, it's weird for us, Amanda. You're on a cast. You go search for these photos. Like, come on. That is such a funny excuse. Like, I blame the algorithm all the time for my shit. I can do that. I'm not you, you know, like you, you know, there's only how many of you guys in the summer house? Come on. Um, so uh, we also get reminded that Danielle once gave an over-the-pants HJ. Kick the kids out of the car right now before I tell you what HJ stands for. Are they gone? Hand job. A hand job. Danielle gave like a half, like a uh, uh, over the pants HJ in a cab. And yeah, you know, so. And Kyle's like, whoa, I almost forgot about that. And Danielle's like, yeah, the most difficult part of their relationship is we came close friends all together as a threesome and it's hard to change. And I really didn't want that to change. Uh, Andy asked if they moved in, which they hadn't at this point, but now they are going to move in, I read in Us Weekly. Um, they're talking about buying they're like, do we rent and then just buy a house in the Hamptons or buy in the city? And Amanda goes, you guys are talking about buying a house. And Kyle goes, it's a bad time to buy a house. It's a bad time. And, uh, so everybody's like, show of hands, who's down for this couple? And nobody has objections. And Paige is like, yeah, sure. And Amanda goes, yeah, I mean, I sometimes get nervous of how fast you're going. And Andy says, I'm reading a little trepidation from Sierra, Maya, and Paige on this relationship. And Sierra says, no, as long as Carl's happy, I'm okay with it. And Paige says, I don't care. I hope they do get married and buy a house. And by the way, it's like, yeah, that's the right thing to say. But the way she said it is pretty much saying, yeah, I hope they do. Yeah. Because you know, deep down, she's like, they won't last. Fuck them. So I hope they do get married and buy a house because they'll get divorced and have to lose it. Like that's literally, if I was coaching an actor, that's the thought behind that line. You're not going to convince me, uh, convince me otherwise. Amanda says to Kyle, if they get a house before we do, you're dead. And I'm like, Damn. We come back. Uh, we're back with the summer house reunion. Maya and Sierra led a difficult and powerful conversation about race. I told you guys this was, to me, a very powerful conversation about race and a very successful one. And I thought it was interesting where people just listened. This is the thing I was talking about earlier where Andrea literally was like, I wanted to be a better friend to you. And, and you know, Maya even says, yeah, like. Andrea, like immediately the next weekend, it was like just a complete change. And Kyle was like, yeah, it's nice to finally be able to like, I got to remind myself to pick my head up and be more in tune with the people around me. And I was like, yeah, this isn't that hard to admit, right? It's that, you know, it's like, we're, we're all so busy, but like at, at our hearts, I want to believe we all want to like love each other. We might not go about it in the right ways and we might not have time to love everybody the way they want to be loved, but we all want to at our core. And sometimes, yeah, it's like, we do have to slow down, but it's really hard. Life's fucking hard. And Maya says, you know, I don't think we, I would have even had that conversation if not for Sierra. So she gives Sierra a little shine and 
Alex talks about, you know, somebody at the party calling him Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan and thinking he worked there. And it was like, hey, can you give me a drink and the Wi-Fi password? And Kyle was like, dude, you bottled that up. If I had known that, it makes me sick to my stomach. And I was like, you bottled that up. If I had known that, you would have probably had a second season. Like, You got to let us know this shit, brah. Um, Maya and Sierra, and this seems to be a lot with any uh, one of my minority friends, says this stuff happens so much we don't even talk about it. And I think we just have to accept we I know it's horrible for us to imagine that this but we have to accept that it does happen. And we've got to be cognizant of that. I think that's okay. I don't think that's asking too much. We've got to accept that this shit does happen like and it seems like it happens often. And that's the only way we can get kind of this shit to not happen is by recognizing this stuff does happen. Um, so Danielle, though, says you know, Andy's like, Danielle, you've been quiet on the conversation. Why? And Danielle says, well, I've been going to the Hamptons before this show and I didn't want to make it about me. Uh, you know, this was about the black experience and that isn't the same for me. Um, but you know, in that moment, Sierra didn't even acknowledge me as a person of color. And we get a flashback of that. And Danielle says, you know, well, maybe you just didn't see me. And Sarah, Sierra says, yeah, I would never diminish you as a person of color. And Sierra's like, I have to be so PC about these situations. I don't want my housemates to feel like they're on the defense. Uh, you know, it's, it, I have to you know, she's just saying this is very tough, uh, but I would never have done that to you, um, you know, purposely. Uh, there's a question, Maya and Luke, why aren't you dating? They're like, I don't know. Why aren't we dating? Um, then we get Kyle and Amanda from makeups to blah, 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 blah. Three-year engagement. The hardest part about being married is getting married. And we have a flashback montage of all of this shit. And um, Andy goes, we got a lot of tweets about how hot your dad is, Amanda. And I was like, what? I, I've i never, I'm on Twitter quite a bit, just doom scrolling. And I don't think I've ever, I've seen a lot of discourse about Summer House. I've never seen a contingent of people going, your dad's hot. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, like, I want, like, listen, good looking guy. They all say he's a good looking guy. I just don't, I sometimes wonder where these questions come from. I do, uh, I do, don't you guys wonder? Like, come on. Wait, really? Prove it. Like, push, put it up on screen. Um, They're saying, oh, yeah, my mom and dad are a hot couple. Uh, blah, blah, blah. How are the parents? And Amanda's like, good. My dad doesn't watch the show, but his friends do. Andy says the discourse, whether you should have gone through with the wedding and we see flashbacks of Sierra and watch what happens live saying she wouldn't have gone through with the wedding. Uh, and Kyle's like, yeah, I teared up when I saw that those zingers, you know, I'm not bulletproof. And Sierra goes, yeah, but I was just saying if it were me and my fiance and Kyle says, I'm just saying it hurts when people are a part of our lives, but you know, these things sting and hurt and you know, it's, you know, these people are just observing and Andy goes, is there one in particular that you heard that hurt? And, and she said, you know, Paige is one of Amanda's best friends. And, and we get a flashback of all the shit Paige said about Kyle. And I was like, yeah, Kyle, Paige fucking hates you too. Don't get it twisted. Paige might buy Like go back and watch all the seasons. Paige fucking hates Kyle. Like don't all the, like, I know Paige feels like she might need numbers now in the house, but like Kyle, don't get it twisted. And like Amanda, don't get it twisted either. She doesn't like your dude. Like she doesn't. And if you guys ever do split up, God forbid, she's going to talk mad shit about that dude. We all know that. Kyle says, I wish it would have just come to me more often. Um, Kyle, uh, Paige is like, I've never told her to leave you. Maya says, yeah, I checked in on you too. We just wanted you to be happy. And Kyle says, I know it's just tough. And yeah, it is tough. That's got to be the shittiest part of reality TV. 
And how do you feel Hannah's comment? Uh, Andy asks, how do you feel Hannah's comment from uh, a couple seasons ago? Don't speak to me like you speak to Amanda. How do you? And Kyle says, that has nothing to do. It's just She's just deflecting. And Andy goes, seems like you just deflected. And he goes, okay, I'll give it another go. And Andy goes, no, I think we got it. And yeah, he's deflecting too. But like that Amanda-Kyle relationship, I thought that was a kind of a low blow question. I don't know, but it, I I felt like Hannah, they should have brought her out for this moment, you know? I truly would have been interested in their argument, but uh, Kyle takes this shit really hard, but Kyle also participates in this shit, so it's one of those things that he's should have been a little bit more prepared for. Uh, Amanda says, I'm so naive to the prenup, because we start talking about that, and Andy's like, don't you realize it's smart for the business? You, you're protected from his losses? And he's like, and, and Kyle goes, yeah, that's why I was just telling her to Google. And Amanda goes, clearly I'm lazy and I didn't do it. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's Kyle's frustration with Amanda. We saw that many times. Lindsay raises her hand. Oh, they're all like, hey, how many of you guys would get a prenup? All the women raise their hand that they would. Carl does not raise his. Sierra says all the women have stuff going on, have stuff to protect. And they said, do you think Kyle and Amanda's relationship will last? And everybody's like, I hope they last. And I think they're great together, but I don't know everyone's dynamics. Uh, we talk about having babies and Amanda goes, Kyle still works at 3am and I don't want to be a parent by myself with a newborn. And, you know, we can't all be with our kids. So we're going to wait. Kyle goes, are you married to work or Amanda? And Amanda goes, he's definitely married to his job. And Andy goes, how do you feel about that? Well, he's building a future for us. She says, I fell in love with his work ethic and how dedicated he is. And that's the thing. Like, I totally get that. And I love that. And part of me feels guilty. Like I, I, part of me feels guilty of like, Oh, not guilty. Or like, Oh, I wish I had somebody to like work hard for. Like I'm working hard for myself right now. You know, like I have other, I don't know. You, I don't know. It made me think a little bit, but at the same time, it's one of those things. And you see this happen with couples that I just really hope that, cause I have no doubt lover boy is going to be successful. I truly believe that. I truly believe that. But I just hope that when it is, they both still like each other. They both still even want to be around each other, you know? Uh, Amanda says, uh, you know, once we stopped planning the wedding, we all felt so much lighter. And Kyle goes, light as a feather, stiff as a boner. hey <laughs> Uh Andy goes, Paige, you have not turned around this whole night, and we've been here for six hours. And Paige goes, I'm trying to be very aware of my posture. And uh, Paige goes, Lindsay would tell me if I was giving her the cold shoulder and she would call me out. And Carl goes, you know, I feel a lot better and I'm not trying to come at you, Paige. I know it was it was nasty. I know it's a tough conversation. I think all the stuff we're talking about is real stuff. And thank you for airing it all out. And Andy goes, what I'm saying, it doesn't feel aired out. And Paige is like, I appreciated that apology. I put everything into every summer and it was just a shitty comment. And Carl's like, yeah, it was shitty. And then there's just silence. And Andy goes, okay, okay. And Alex goes, because we ask about the, the success ratio between couples on Summer House. And Alex whispers to Andrea, it's better than The Bachelor. Fucking with Alex, say that with your chest, brother. That's a great comment. Summer House has a better track record than the show The Bachelor, where you go on to find love. And Summer House has... By the way, sometimes when I talk, I just... I hear the B-52s guy. Sometimes... Ted Rowe frosted. Sometimes. <laughs> when you're on The Bachelor, the show where you find love. <laughs> 
Better than The Bachelor, Alex says. But I wanted him to yell that out because it's a great comment. I truly believe there is a good cast member in... We got to pull it out, though. Alex, help us help you. Uh, Paige and Craig met, blah, blah, blah. Will you guys get together? Time will tell, Paige says. Maya brings out her cookies, which, by the way, I have a friend that is giving me some of her Maya cookies so I can do a taste test on here. Uh, She's not selling that. We'll get into that at another time. Uh, So Kyle gives a speech to health and happiness to friends. We're all growing and maturing, believe it or not. Um, I'm proud of it. And then Amanda goes, and screw the peanut gallery. Thanks, everyone. I'm Andy Cohen. Good night. And then we got a Southern Charm preview of those dipshits. Uh, You guys, this was Summer House. I'm starting to tear up, so I'm going to go to commercial. We're going to come back, and we're going to go right into part two of me and Annabelle DeSisto in a little movie called Coyote Ugly. Okay, actually, one more more thing, you guys. So this is what I meant to read you. Uh, Bravo and Cocktails, uh, that, that account says... She added this thing she put up, which is a tweet that she put up on her Insta saying, when Amanda says he works for us about Carl, not the Amanda we see on TV, which was the sentiment I was telling you guys earlier. And Kyle wrote to her. Oh, wow. She took she took the one thing down. She took. Okay. Okay. So she this is wild. So she had made this whole post because Kyle responds to this and she made a post, but she must have taken it down in the time I'm recording. So Kyle wrote. I am Kyle Cook wrote in regards to this. He goes, I just gave this account a follow so I could point out that this was taken out of context. Believe it or not, social media can actually be a catalyst for some falling outs and makes it harder for our show to remain true to its concept. <laughs> Which I'm like, what is that? Like a house during the summer? Um, it's about a group of friends. Okay, it's, it's about a group of friends. Amanda was reminding Paige that Carl is a big part of our lives. The ridicule and hate has gotten out of hand. Um, so that is from, I am Kyle cook right there, the man. Um, but you know, I, you know, once again, standing up for his woman, like Carl tried to do for Lindsay and the out of context thing we've heard so much in reality shows, but, um, you know, the hate thing I totally get, like we do go back and forth pretty hard. And I hope Amanda and anybody, Carl, Lindsay, all of them, I hope they all stay off social media, but obviously they aren't. And obviously it seems like this kind of stuff has done some damage. And I've gone back and forth on it. I thought about this a lot and I've thought about this a lot over the years too. And it's like, yeah, it does. But also there's an element of like, well, hopefully also it keeps you honest because if not, I think Paige would just be, I mean, the Paige and Hannah shit would have just gotten completely out of hand. Like, there are things that it's like, yo, you got to temper your behavior. I hope you understand that this isn't right. Like, I don't know how out of context that was. And and we got to point out that, yeah, there is so much unseen footage. Who knows how that was added together? But obviously it's causing some trouble. I just thought that was interesting. And I'm curious. She she deleted that whole post. So that's interesting. So anyways, okay, commercial and then. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow knit activewear. 
With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Coyote. We'll be back to the show in just one second. Now is the part of the show that I love the most when we get to talk about our sponsors. We have a returning sponsor this week. That's right. It's our friend over at Rothy's. Now, if you remember, Rothy's sent me a killer pair of shoes and they have this huge selection of shoes now they have tons of women's shoes and they knock it out of the park according to my women friends and according to my own eyes but they also have really awesome men's shoes so i just want to get that out of the way if you're looking to get something for your husband your boyfriend your son whoever they really do have dope dope men's shoes the kind of men's shoes where i was like i want a second pair of rothy's for myself and they have like these cool computer bags and like (laughs) backpacks and stuff and i was like wow this is amazing i want more of this stuff but they're really known for uh their women's shoes and i have a primarily female audience so i want to let you guys know if you don't know about rothy's um i have gotten three compliments wearing my shoes one time one time folks i went to vegas and i got compliments on them and it was awesome do you know how cool it is to get compliments literally makes your day. In fact, there's a challenge. Give somebody you know a compliment today. In fact, give me a compliment today. How about that? But it felt great. And that's three compliments on one shoes. I kept thinking like, what if I got, what if I got three pairs of shoes? Like I would get, you know, nine compliments. Uh, basically you could get compliments too. That's what I'm saying. Um, They say, have you seen someone wearing a colorful pair of flats and thought, dang, those are cute. I've not said that, but I have said, I think girls do look cute in flats. 
but I have not said that to them. Um, but anyways, these people that you thought they had cute flats, they might have been Rothy's. Uh, they're the perfect shoes for commuting, traveling. Everyone notices them. They're known uh, for their chic pointed toe flats, but that's just the beginning. They have tons, and I do mean tons, of iconic head-turning designs in bright but sophisticated colors. Plus, Rothy's work great with every outfit. I can even say that for mine. Uh, I can put them with a lot of different things once I know how to dress better. Uh, you can wear them with yoga pants or dress them up for a night out, and they really are very, very comfortable. The flats feel almost like a slipper, I'm told, and as soon as you take your first step, you think, ah, okay, I get it. I like this. Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. This is the thing that I really, really love, you guys. All their products, get this, are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. Like, I'm not joking. That's actually true. They've repurposed around 125 million water bottles so far. That That's incredible. Like, I've always wanted to know where the water bottles go. And this is cool. If people are doing stuff out there with them like this, we got to support. Um... Like I said, I am over the moon about the pair of shoes that I have. Just the comfortability. Uh, they've kept clean and they are washable, I know, when they get dirty, which I know on me, they definitely will. But it's just a stylish pair of shoes. And as somebody that has always struggled with style, it is nice to know this is finally something that I have that I can add to or I'm proud to say makes me have style. So... Your new favorite shows, your new favorite shoes are waiting. Your new favorite shows are waiting too, actually, on Bravo. New favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com forward slash so bad. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash so bad for $20 off your first order. Give them a try, folks. And now, back to the remaining portion of our show. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Anyway. Call me baddie game. Call me baddies. Call me baddies. Um, I'm trying to think of other call me by my baddie name. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's okay. just so funny that just like no one would have pegged like him as the cannibal in the class. They were like, oh, that Ryan guy. Yeah, his chin oh, no. are good, but like our flesh is going to be caught in it. What? Oh, oh no, no. I would. I would be one of those guys. It's like I never thought he'd be a serial killer. I am one of those guys like that's also like I could be cast as a serial killer in a movie, but I'd also be that guy where if I am a serial killer in real life and then I get caught, people be like. He was always just a weird podcaster. I mean, he seemed nice, 
he seemed nice. I had no clue he had such a, a body count, you know? I mean, honestly, you do fit like a lot of the a profile, yeah. Listen, Wait, you're, you know, most serial you're killers a straight drive. white guy. Most, like you're a straight white guy. Most, most serial glasses. killers. I have a Toyota Corolla. That's a serial killer vibe. I I watch I'm a straight man that watches reality shows and I liked I like Coyote Ugly as a straight man. Um, like you invite all... women in like yeah, you really yeah. I entrap, um, yeah. Oh god cuz it's like how like some serial killers like use like a oh no like my puppy's hurt can you help find me and like you are the like you also bring in like the hurt puppy energy of like, just like yourself of just like, Oh, like, just like, oh a my pe- God. like just like the kindness and just like sweetness <laughs> oh, of, yeah, of like sorry. the pureness of like, blah, you're blah, an entertainer, blah. but also you are a lost hurt puppy. Like that is like missing a leg. Thank you. I mean that in the kindest way. Thank you. It sounds amazing. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, uh, if anybody can take pity on me, that's really what I'm going for with all, everything that I do. I am a lost. I cannot. I, by the way, I, I was literally about to like, I can't dress myself. I can't. But then I was like, oh, I literally can't dress myself. You know, like it is funny. Um, OK, back to this great movie. That's you because left- he has an assistant dress yeah. himself yeah. for him. <laughs> All so Ryan anyway, does is like put his arms up like a little kid and like dress, dress me. me. I'm I'm like a uh, backstage at a Beyonce concert when she does a, a costume change. I just <laughs> let her just just go fast, fast. Um. So anyway, so we're Traffic out there. Teamy. Kevin yeah. O'Donnell, Mr. O'Donnell. She finds out he is not the chef, and he's following her now, which is cute in the movie but if any guy follows you in real life it's very scary and this could have turned out to be a completely different film if this guy was unhinged but it's you know because like she's like in the weird streets and she's like i'm about to get my pepper spray and he's like where are you from he's like where are you from i'm guessing you're from chicago and he goes uh and then she goes, I've never had anyone stare at my ass for a half hour. I'm going to say goodnight and hope you do the same. And he goes, just for the record, I was only staring at your ass for the first 15 minutes. And I got to tell you, my accent is a little rougher than he comes off. He's actually very sweet and charming in this movie. They're just crazy kids in love. So the next day, we immediately get that fucking so- unbelievable. Oh, and she's back. Yeah, it's a uh, second time playing in 15 minutes. She's back uh, hitting the like hitting the pavement. She's at William Morris Agency. And there's another like uh, she's like, I just want to leave this for Whitney or Mariah. I'm sure you're friends with them. And he's like, <laughs> look, I'm sure it sounds great when you sing in your shower. You're going to have to take that to an open mic night just like everyone else. And he goes, you're not getting validated. And then we cut to which is all I want is in life is just validation. Well, I, I don't want meant, money. He meant he meant parking validated. Like oh. so. So my um, job was like, does she work in commission? Because I want to give her a commission. They're like, no, she doesn't work on commission. And I was like, but like, that's enough. Like, I will take like, I will take like verbal validation, which is like more valuable than money to me because that you can't buy. Um, I, I just feel like this is, are you okay? <laughs> I just asked that multiple times every time I podcast with Annabelle. Um, okay, guys. I, mean, I like that you feel like, I like that it's very like sweet and endearing that you think you're special by like asking that, like everybody has anyone and comes in contact with me or talks to me. It's like, are you okay? No, that's not true at all. Um, Okay. So she, all of a sudden he gives her that idea about the open mic night, the William Morris 
receptionist. And then all of a sudden we cut to a nondescript hallway and you know that it's uh, a music place because there's like a guy playing a guitar on the floor. And she's like, they never say where this place is and they revisit this place at the end. But it's like a really quick where she goes to the cork board and she's like looking and she's like, oh, open mic night. There it is. You know, and it's like this like weird like so we're supposed to believe this is like maybe a, a music hub where people can find music opportunities because we see a guy playing guitar on the floor. So it says open mic night. And she goes to this bar for the open mic night and she talks to the lady up front and she's like, I'm sure you're busy, but I'm a songwriter, you know, and if you have anything in the next couple of months and the lady goes, I could take you in 10 minutes, a couple of my regulars called out. And then they introduce her. They're like, Violet Sanford, let's put our hands together. And then she, um, and this is when I wrote, this is my note. When do we start dancing on bars? I'm 20 minutes in. And <laughs> She goes, uh, she goes, she goes, I'm a little nervous. She gets on stage and then two male jerks, which is like, there's a, a pattern of male jerks in the audience in this movie. It's like a, a repeated pattern. Two jerks heckle her. They're like, yeah, so are we, honey. Wind of is two. And then she goes, I'm sorry. And runs off the stage. And I thought this was going to be a big moment for her, but she, she couldn't face her fears. And she goes back to her shitty apartment. The door but is it's open. Like, also, it's a kind of like, I'm sorry. Like, they're adding like an open mic now. Like now, granted, this like movie is almost like coming up in like what October it will be like twenty three years old. Damn. So obviously, we've like grown out of like men heckling women in general, like completely. So I get this is like of a time, um, but it's just like the fact that like these guys are like at an open mic night, and she like comes out with a guitar like to sing, and they're like, "Come on, baby, like don't like don't tease me." So it's like. Did you think it was going to be like fucking like Robin Wright Penn and like Forrest Gump where she'd like come out with like completely naked with just like a guitar in front of her, like singing an original song? Like, what did you go to this like original night, like open mic night for like original music it, that like looks like the room looks like it's like in the back of a fucking bodega. Yo like, you're God. like, come on, Yo show my... something. Let's see those titties. That's by the way, that's the R-rated movie. That's the that's the unrated uh coyote. Did you ever go to an open mic night? Like, did you ever perform in an open yes. mic? Yes, yeah. It's painful. oh my god. Oh my god, what did you do at an open? Did you do your I danced? Dancing? I danced, yeah. Um, no, I did stand up. Ryan, yeah, what extra it was all it was level. all it was all I by the way, I do have audio and video of it. It was all um it was all about my marriage, actually. It was about and, and scared. Sadly enough, it was about how I was really scared of my wife, and which was true. And uh, but I made humor out of it, <laughs> and uh, you know, and it was that, and my dad smoking weed. How my dad, you know, was an undercover weed smoker, and that was any. P.S. You know, I love. I mean, anyone who's listening to this already follows you on like all the social uh, media programs, but. Um, like the video of your dad, of you taking him to a dispensary. That is a, <laughs> that is a film. That is the F, that is an F word I would use. That is a film I would like to watch over and over. Yeah. It's uh it's very, very exciting. Um, it's I very, did. Uh, it's, uh, open mics are horrible. Yeah. So yeah, I've done that before. And, and she, 
runs out and goes back to her shitty apartment. And you guys, the door is wide open. And we know if you're in New York and the door is wide open in a movie, this place has been robbed. And they turned everything upside down, you guys. Everything is on the floor. They even took her freezer money that her friend got her in case of emergencies. Like, I like how burglars are, you know, burglars in real life, they're usually like pretty, they're not like messy, you know, like they go in, they grab the shit, they get out. Burglars in movies always just fuck things up to the not like they're like, I'm going to fuck everything up in this place. Everything. It looks like they're like doing like one of those like like one of the reality show like tropes now of like going into like a smash room and like taking like yes. you know where it's like they have to like smash and crush like everything where it's like they don't take her keyboard they don't take her guitar but most importantly they don't take her cat because like if somebody broke into my apartment and like, by the way wait can- Annabelle did I miss that she took her cat to New York or did this lady buy a cat when she got to New York? Like I missed well, that I mean, whole fucking cat. Well, all of a sudden, there's a she cat. Would, like rescue a cat. Um, I know. All of a sudden, she is blessed with a cat, and the fact that like she's upset that like her place has been broken into, but like none of your like quote unquote like job you know job instruments have like been taken. The fact that they're like you know the guy's like breaking in, uh, not to be sexist. I'm assuming it's a guy though. Uh, I'm assuming it's like a white straight guy. Yeah. Uh, who's breaking in, taking stuff, and he's like, oh, I know I'm a thief, but even though I, like, I'm not a monster enough to steal an acoustic guitar and, like, bring it out at parties and play it. Like, I'm not that much of a fucking asshole. Um, so he, like, leaves the guitar. He leaves the, like, he leaves the keyboard, like, Cassie or whatever. But most of what, like, he leaves the cat. You could break into my apartment, take all of my designer purses, take my computer, like, literally take everything of mine. But if you took my cat... Like any one of any one of the six, any one of the six cats I have. Not to brag, but I have six cats. I know very she she she. Yeah, very you guys. Fancy. Wow. Um, not I'm a just, crazy I know. Cat I'm just like I'm just like bragging about all the you know all the riches I have. <laughs> um, I have six cats. I swear to God, like if somebody took my cat, I would I would be like Liam Neeson and Taken, but like but actually intense about it. Like that is nothing compared to, I would find the person who stole like my, like my treasure, like the piece of my heart. Like, and I would, like, I would rip them fucking, like I would rip them. I would rip them like throat to scrot. Just like, I like, I like that you're at, I feel like you're acting like my audience might steal your cats one day and you're warning them. But just so you guys know, I will kill you. Throw to scrote. There's just no way you even know where the scrote is. So I don't even believe that. That's true. I will text Jamie Kennedy and ask him where. How big is is your scrote? His is by his knees. So that doesn't help me. But I will text a regular I do. I do have a friend with irregularly, like a huge ball sack. And I don't mean like, but I remember we were on a guy's trip. How do you know? Is this? No, we were all on a guy's trip. We're all blowing each other. No, no, I was on a guy's trip. And I remember me and my buddy Pat were over and he was like, oh, I got to just change out of the change real quick to go to the bars. And he whipped his pants down. And normally you don't look, but we saw a pair of balls swinging by this man's knees. And we're like, yo, like, and we we're like, dude, you got, you got a, quite a sack there, you know? And this is, we were in our twenties. And uh, I remember that, like, and so always, like, my buddy Rich, like, he has, and it's not necessarily the, I didn't, like, go, let me, let me touch those balls. It was just the sack itself was so elongated. 
like like the balls like that like hillbillies like attached to like the back of their truck like what was like what was like the hog like in front like what was like the oh the, like, hog, oh, yeah. like ball, oh you say like, the balls ratio. that hillbillies attached to the back of their car what if i told you i had a pair of steel balls attached to the back of my car attached to your toyota corolla i would say Actually, that somebody see- somebody hit my toyota corolla it's very sad it's in the shop right now for the next 17 days they fucking wrecked my truck i mean my my corolla <laughs> I, I call it a track to make myself feel cool. Um, um, uh, but it was a, like the like because like I thought like only like really old guys had like long balls. That's what I thought too. And I'll I'll tell you know I'll tell you a secret. I've, no, I feel like that's I've, what everyone assumes about you. Well, uh, this podcast is really going so we might make this two parts because it's just too good <laughs> and people literally people are like I got a life to live. Um, it's going okay. it's going longer it's than Ryan's ball going, sack. Yeah, no, I wish. I wish my, my ball sack is not long at all. And in fact, I have, I've told this before on the podcast before, but all, all to all the new listeners, <laughs> they're like, there's no new listeners. To all the new listeners <laughs> there's no I listeners have, in general. At this I, point. I have, I have one ball that's really big. And then I have one ball that's really small. And it was so really you have scary. like a twins, like Arnold, like one of them's like Arnold. Yeah, the others, like exactly, 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 exactly. And it was sad because I remember going to a physical about 12 years ago and the doctor was like, okay. And then you could tell he was like stumped, like, where's the other one? And then he goes, oh, there it is. And I was like, I clocked that immediately. And it was like, all we, cause it, it hides, you know, if this was a Pixar movie about my balls, the small one is, you know, is, just shot. is voiced by, oh, I was going to say is voiced by, <laughs> Or, or it's like a father-son duo. One of the, the big one is is voiced by your the love of your life, John Goodman. And the other is voiced by Billy Crystal. Well, I would have said Gilbert Gottfried, rest in peace, but we lost him recently, so we can't. He can't be the voice of my. I wish ball. your. I wish one of your balls like was voiced. Affleck. By Affleck. Eh. Um. No, but it is. It, it is like a great. Uh, you know what? I don't really even think it's held me back. You know, but I do think sometimes if I had had that second large ball instead of a smaller ball would i have like is there a potential testosterone problem i do wonder about that sometimes like does the ball the balls don't they produce the testosterone like what does the balls do what are, what are we doing what are we doing with the balls i i mean you're asking somebody who's seen six of them them like i was going to say like five times in my life um i know like but maybe that's why you're able to do such a good Steve impression from Sex in the City because Miranda, as, as he's, I, Miranda, he's lacking like a full whole ball. And, Miranda, Ra- and it sounds Miranda, like you only have half a ball. Miranda, I got one ball. What are you, I, I, what are you what am I, Miranda, what are you, Trey Diaz, what's, what's the deal with this, this person? Trey Diaz, what? I love a Carrie. I love her. I love a Carrie. Come on. <laughs> Oh my God, this is too good, but we're not really focusing on the movie. I'm okay, so okay. Sorry. Guys, I'm just focusing on she, like on your friends, like balls who like no, sound no. Try like, to try to try to like get your my, friends with like Nicki try, Minaj's cousin who said like her ball. Try, to, like, his try balls. to get try to get my friends' balls out of your head. Um, I can't uh, out of my head, out of my mouth. I can't. Oh, that's too much. This is a family podcast. Stop. Um, so Violet cries. She's like, oh, everything was stolen. And we cut to she's in this diner, you guys. And she's she's talking with the, the diner guy at the who's serving the shit. It's like late. It's like early in the morning. because She's been broken in. And he's she's like, 
how much is a slice of pie? And uh, <laughs> we see that she only has $2, two dollars to her name. He goes, best Fred Chapel in the world. Uh, no, in this town, it's on the house. And then she sees what she thinks are these hookers throwing money around at the back table. It's Tyra Banks. It's Bridget Moynihan. And it's this Russian blonde chick. I know and, the ex Mr. Uh, the ex Mr. Tom Brady. With yeah. Bridget and Moynihan. And they're all like, by the way, this is so very, this is what you want to do at four in the morning on New York. They're like flashing their money. Like, no, but they're like flinging it. They're like, look at all this money. we <laughs> And they're also like looking at a Playboy magazine and they're betting over like the centerfold and what it says. And it's just like, it's the most ridiculous thing because you would never be fla- flaunting your cash at four in the morning in New York city at like a, a shitty diner. Uh, but they're like just throwing money around. And Tyra says, did you write about the did you write about the guesses? The guesses, what? For the Playboy, what they're betting on? Oh no, what are they betting on? Maybe okay. So this I only have this up because I'm so sorry. I know I'm like destroying this podcast. No, 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 you're not gonna stop. Um, but this part was like this part was like one of the most unbelievable parts, like no pun intended, like no like EMF, like unbelievable. But this part really was unbelievable. Um, the fact that they were betting over Whoa, like rock the boat. <laughs> no! What the fuck? Um this like Playboy like centerfold. So the three of them are betting on like their like the like girl's profile or whatever. And they're betting over like the part where it says like her favorite movie. So they're all like putting bets on what the Playmates like favorite movie is that you put like wrote in the article. Yeah. So uh, Bridget Moynihan, like ex um, this is Tom Brady star of current star of blue bloods. Uh, she says pretty woman and Tyra who looks fucking incredible. Uh, Tyra goes, I'll raise you 20 because it's home alone. <laughs> oh, I really, I totally missed all of this. And then, I was just like, Jesus Christ, Tyra, and you're about to go to law school and your guest for this playmate, her favorite movie is Home Alone. And like the like Russian girl, she's like, you guys need to like look at the clues. Like, can you tell like what a good Russian accent I do? She's like, yeah. you guys need to look at the clues. Like, look at what she's wearing. Look at her shoes. <laughs> it's saving private Ryan. And like the, both the girls go, <laughs> are you crazy? Are you crazy? Saving private? You're ridiculous. Uh-uh, you're crazy girl. And I'm like, the fact that Tyra's like, yes, she's about to go off to law school and your guest is home alone for this playmate. <laughs> like what about her nipples say like, been like, oh, I just like love what he does. Like to those like crazy, like burglars and like the, like, you know, the scary, like ice guy. Who's like the old man who doesn't talk to his family. Like, who's everyone who like, everyone's like afraid of. And like the Joe Pesci, like, you know, bit he does with like the paint can. Like if somebody asked you like, what's your favorite, like Macaulay Culkin movie? Like you'd maybe say like home alone if you're into like nostalgia, but like you also have like the option of like Richie Rich or Richie that movie Rich, where yeah. he plays like the creepy kid who like the kills good his son, relatives. The good son, Boy, the good son. Yes. Spoiler, yeah, but it's like, what's like, what playmate? You're like, oh, Home Alone, favorite movie. <laughs> and I was like, Tyra, is if this is like any evidence of like your like a like ability to like read people, do not become a lawyer. So like they're so it's like they turn the page and they're like, oh, Saving Private Ryan. They're like. Oh how did you even guess that? You must have seen this. You're a cheater. You're a cheater. And it was like, 
that's the like that's the most normal like response out of like the horrible like responses that you guys gave up like fucking home alone like where she like chills like oh yes my favorite like the bloodiest like world war ii like star like starring tom hanks movie of like yep saving private ryan a laugh riot i like that this this is what stuck in your head this just bothered me so much so okay so tyra goes romero which i guess is the guy behind the kitchen he goes she goes that's my jam turn it up and all of a sudden now they're dancing with cash and she's shaking her hips. Her two friends, Bridget Moynihan and the, the blonde Russian are dancing with her. And uh, Piper Perry was like, do you know these girls? And he's like, yeah, they're here every morning at this table winding down. They have to in their, their, their line of work. And she's like, what are they hookers? And he's like, no, they, they have only fans. No, she's like, <laughs> no, he goes, he goes, he goes, they're coyotes. And then he goes, she's like, coyotes. And then he goes, yeah. And then he reaches into his pocket and has a matchstick book, which says coyote ugly, which is just dumb as hell. Like, God, I, 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 God, I miss like matchbooks. Not because I ever smoke because I still like never have, but just like guys who smoke are like the hottest thing to yeah. me. And it's like, I feel like, I feel like match, like matchbooks are like going away. But it's like, <laughs> as if like, it is combined. This thing combines two of my favorite things. It's like tire banks and ketchup. I fucking love ketchup. And like I've eaten ketchup by itself, just like as ketchup. And I've like never once like like tire banks, she like squirts this like public, like, you know, this like general access ketchup condiment that like everyone in New York has fucking touched. She's coming to this diner, like squirts this ketchup on her finger and like sucks it like it's like frosting. And it's like she <laughs> looks like hotter, like sucking public access ketchup than like I ever have in like my time, like trying to dance in Vegas or like any time of like when I was like the youngest and thinnest and like, like best looking I'll ever be ever in this like attempt of like a life. And like, I just like her just like squirting ketchup on her finger. I'm like, Oh God. And I'm just like, this coming from somebody I like, I eat ketchup is just ketchup all the time, but like, Oh yeah. I like I love ketchup. I mean, just to, I do love ketchup, but, uh, but yeah, Tyra also, I wasn't really expecting to see Tyra. I think I had a vague awareness. She was in this movie. And at this point I thought she was going to be in the whole movie. I didn't realize she left for law school at this scene. She should like, have had such a bigger part. Oh, I, she was just, great. Oh. She was like really confident. I wanted to see Tyra in the fat suit she wore in that Tyra Banks show. Remember when she dressed up as the, Oh my the God. Fat. When she dressed up and she looked like that character from like SpongeBob SquarePants. She looked like Pearl the way, like she like, is wearing like this pink cardigan and like these glasses like she almost like looks like an american girl doll. like she's wearing these like tiny like small like room glasses but yeah when she did her experiment as like living as an overweight yeah. person for a day um and it's like how she acted of like her like experiment of having to live in like a fat suit for five hours she's like <laughs> how people look at you so it's like she acted it's like how like the public looked at you if you like you walked like walked around with like a swastika fucking tattooed on your forehead she's like the disgust people have for you in their faces the looks <laughs> i wasn't allowed to sit down on a subway like she's <laughs> Like, and then it's like the fact that like the the fat suit just got passed down to Saturn Saturn where like first on like you know like prime time of like seven o'clock on like Entertainment Tonight where like Vanessa Manillo before she like was married to Nick like had to do like a fat show like a fat like a fat suit experiment for the show and then like 
on like Deborah Norville, like inside edition playing at like four o'clock <laughs> where it's like this like segment before, like the squirrel who knows how to, you know, be the on like, a surfboard, yeah. like, who, like who knows how to like waterboard um, was Melissa Gorga in a fat oh my god um okay so she also piper parabu hears that she's going to law school and law school and that there might be uh an opening you know so we cut to the next day and she's outside of the coyote ugly bar and she looks at the uh she's like there's a lady like in the 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 basement who's like She's like, I'm looking for the owner. And she's like, come on down, bring a case with you. And so she comes down and she's like, what do you want? And she's like, I hear there might, I hear there might be a job opening. And she goes, let me guess, Piedmont, North Dakota. And she's like, no. And she's like, you do any drugs? And she's like, just coffee. It's all I can afford right now. And she goes, let me see your arms. And the lady's, Piper's like, are you kidding? And she's like, do I look like I'm kidding? Where did you get that scar on the on your wrist? And she goes, pizza oven, four years. You want a urine sample? And she goes, I prefer blood. This is snappy dialogue, you guys. And oh, she goes, are you? Prices. And she goes, are you really the owner? The last thing I need is a waitress on a power trip wasting my time. And you can tell, you know, uh, Lil, what's her name? Lil? Yeah. Lil, Lil's, Lil's like, Lil's like look at you all forceful. She's like, hey. You start Friday night, be there at 11. That's when it gets busy. And, and she's this like, is cliche me- number, four. exactly. This is yeah. cliche number four, where the character like goes up to the boss or like the owner of the organization or like the owner of the business or whatever and gives them attitude and really shakes it up. And the person in yeah. charge, instead of being like offenders, is like, hmm, I respect your moxie. Let's change it up. Like, yeah, like his, yeah. Like all the cliches. And so, yeah, it's like, uh, so sorry. So yeah, she's like, use Friday, come at night. Or like, what does she say? Like, she goes, yeah, be there Friday. That's what it gets. It would be there Friday at 11. That's what it gets busy. And you're like, you giving me a job. I'm giving you an audition. Don't be late Jersey girl. And then she goes, I don't mean to press my luck, but why are you hiring me? And she goes, men have little children in their pants, two year olds <laughs> in their dockers. And she's like, you look like a kindergarten gotten teacher. Men will love it. And uh, which was like, at first I was like two year old in their pants. I didn't realize she was talking about their penises. And then I was like, oh, okay. And uh, then I don't we know cut- that I'm more grossed out by like two year olds or penises. Both I don't <laughs> want near me and both disgust me. <laughs> she goes, so then we cut to that night, Coyote Ugly. And which she goes, is, oh, yeah. Ha- she's like, it's two year old daughter. Like, she's like, yeah, you look like a, you, you know, she's like, kids are like, guys are walking around with like kids in their pants, like two year olds in their pants. She's like, yeah, they're all walking around with kid, like kindergartners in their like dockers. You look like a kindergarten teacher, like kids love it. It was like in their dockers. Like, is everyone like fucking Jade from like State Farm? Like, every, like, every guy is walking around in New York with like dockers. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so, She's sat there and the bouncer at Coyote Ugly. It's already busy, you guys. She's like, I'm supposed to start tonight. He's like, it's slow right now, but it should pick up. And it's already busy. And already it's like Def Leppard. It's like, pour some sugar on me. And the girls are all dancing on the bar. Uh, We see Bridget Moynihan downing a customer shot. And uh, she goes, is this a church meeting or a bar? Let's make some noise. And she's pouring alcohol all over the place, like on people's mouth. It's like Vanderpump rules, but it's like just wasteful. 
of the alcohol itself, which is the main profit if you work at a bar. And Bridget lights a match and literally, you guys, sets the bar on fire. And at this point, it's so sad. A hundred people died that night. And we see people's face faces are melting. People are screaming to get out because this is just so horrific. And uh, it really, it's just a very sad movie. And no, it's like, everybody's like, yeah, she set the whole place on fire. And then they do a choreographed kind of number. And they like never show how like the fire the- gets put out. There's never like, there's not somebody on like the side with like a fire extinguisher, like waiting to do it. And it's and they And like- they never show, they never show them they never show them practicing their choreography. Like everybody's like, where's the, where's the practice? Like, where's the, where, you know, you got to practice to get these things right. Especially when you're dealing with fire. Like I was, I was like in like one of the times, like I wasn't like an extra in like the neighbor's movie with like Zac Efron and like sure. uh, Seth Rogen. And they had like a fire scene and like the setup for this fucking scene was like the like stuntman who was like having to have like fire and like, like be on fire like going through fire like he had to have like a certain type of suit there were like three different people with like extinguishers like like ready to go like all just like all of these things like like safety procedures like ready to go and this is like on a professional like movie set but like on this like dive bar like with like her just like in like you know like low rise like leather pants and she's just like here's like boom fire like here's like me dancing through it and like going through yeah and like it just like the safety precautions of this bar also like like violet who's 21 like going up to this bar and like the like like fast security guard who she's like he's like id and she's like oh i start work tonight he's like okay and just like lets her go and he's like reading a book not even a magazine a (laughs) book like a fucking like Tom Clancy novel. Like it's a dive bar that's like going crazy. That's like lighting the bar on fire. And you're like uh, licking my finger, like page number 27. Like just like not even yeah. fucking caring at all. Granted, I'm a huge supporter of like not being a good at any job. So like I understand his thing, but it's just like kind of like I feel like this. It's like something that's supposed to be like you kind of like had like more attention paid to it. And like you really, like, you really did not let the magic of this movie sweep you away. Just like it's like a very lackadaisical attitude, um, like towards fire. <laughs> yeah, it is a lackadaisical. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's I just guess like a very like that. when like Lil was like, oh yeah, she like had to go to the like the court like ordered her to like go to anger management because she cut a like customer's like ponytail off. Yeah, and I'm like, no, what she should go to like like classes for is arson because she has a problem. Like she just <laughs> keeps setting stuff on fire. Like, Oh my God. Um, anyways, you guys, well, Annabelle ruined all the scenes from here on out for the bar because this <laughs> unbelievable stuff keeps happening, but this guy, so anyways, the new girl Piper Violet is there and this guy vomits on like, we're watching all this shit happen. A guy vomits on her. Uh, the manager says, uh, Violet, I was looking for you. And uh, they, uh, they're they pouring, they, just, they keep pouring liquor on everybody. And the manager's like, I really love your top. And the manager, Lil, just then rips the sleeves off perfectly off her like shitty t-shirt. And she's like, take your <laughs> hair, take your hair down. Let's see your moves. And um then all of a sudden we see a customer grabbing, trying to grab one of the coyote uglies ass <laughs> and they pummel him <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And, 
<laughs> they're like, what did they say? Like press charges. I gave her a raise. Oh yeah. Cause she was like, <laughs> she just like, Oh, cause like she's looking at her and she's like, uh, but I was like, she just cut some like customer's ponytail off. And she's like, oh yeah. Like, well, it's like, oh yeah. She punched a customer out. Oh yeah. Like the city asked her to take anger management classes. I gave her a raise. Cheers. Yeah. And like, then it's just like the poor some sugar. And like, this was like, to me, like the, like epitome of sexiness, like growing up, I was just like, there is nothing hard, like nothing hotter than like tire banks in like a, like a leather, like halter top like with like feathers and like them dancing. Like, I just like, this was like the sexiest thing to me. Like, it was like, yeah, like getting like third degree burns and like possibly turning out like Freddy Krueger, like is worth it if I can like look like that. Um, well, this is enlightening. I look about, more like Freddy Krueger yeah, uh, than like the entire banks, but. The manager grabs a bullhorn, you guys, and was like, would you like to meet our new girl? And she's like, what's your name? And she's like, Violet. And she's like, you're Jersey. And uh, <laughs> Jersey, Jersey's an ex-kindergarten teacher and a former nun. And she's tired of being the only virgin in New York City. And then we cut into Lindy Kravitz's, I want to fly away. You know? And his penis just came out of his leather pants and spilled yeah. all over the bar. I'm, I'm Lindy Kravitz's penis. Oh. She's, <laughs> she's talking she about goes, Would anyone like to buy her a drink? And everyone in the like, bar is like, ah! Yeah, it's like there's just the liquor thing. Like nobody's keeping track of. And by the way, this is the other thing. I worked at a bar. When you are giving away this much free alcohol and you're just not really keeping tabs on things, these bartenders are stealing from that manager blind. I tell you, they'll what they'll do is they'll just like put sock the money away and they won't ring it in the cash register. We really don't know the mechanics of how this coyote ugly business. Oh, they make works. like I mean how they like do like how they spill their alcohol. It makes like Jax Taylor and like Tom Schwartz like look like responsible businessmen. Yeah. Like where it's just Jax Taylor, I feel like would have loved to work at this bar because like they only serve like they only serve like shots. They don't do like mixed drinks or anything. And I'm yeah. like. Remember, like when like a customer was like, "Can I have a mojito?" and Jax is like, "Here's a beer." Like he's like, "I don't <laughs> like I'm not doing a mojito." And then it's like somebody just like asked for like a soda and water. Bartender completely. And like Tom Schwartz is like, ah! and he just like left. <laughs> like at that point, he, had, he made like a drink. And right, this coming from somebody who I went to bartending school for literally like a day and a half. And like the, this was like in LA and Koreatown. And this was like also when I didn't drink, cause like I didn't start drinking till like my, like till I was 29. Um, wow. So like, yeah, I didn't start drinking till like very, very late. So like I tried to do bartending school before I even like started drinking. And so like, like it's like this class, like <laughs> that I like bought, like in like the class, like whatever, in like Koreatown. So like everyone goes in and it's like this like mock bar and so it's like, there were like eight of us and the guy's like, all right, like go around and like, say like, you know, why are you taking this class? And everyone, like, most people were like, oh, I'm like, a, you know, this bartender, like, you know, here, but I like, want, like, I just moved to LA and blah, blah. I want to like learn new drinks or I like want to refresh. Like I haven't, like I haven't bartended yeah. really on time, blah, blah, blah. And then it got to me and I'm like, I love the movie Coyote Ugly. <laughs> and like, everyone just like looked at me. I was like, I love it. That's why I'm here. <laughs> And they were like, have you ever bartended? Like, have you ever bartended? It's like, no, I just, I love Coyote Ugly. And so he's been my dream and I like money. And you're like, well, what the fuck? 
unbelievable. Um, and, so, and so it's just, I literally, that's why I only lasted a day and a half because like, I didn't even know any drinks. And they were like, it was kind of like how, like they just tried to like make her start there. And it was like, all right, like take drinks. And she's like, uh, what? I don't even like know. Like she doesn't even know where the fucking cups are. They didn't even tell her where the bathroom is. And the guy's <laughs> like, oh, can I have a bl- double blend flag? Like double blended bag and then like two of these. And she's like, I'm sorry, you like want what? And Bridget Moyes is like, your new girl can't keep up. Get her out of here. Like she's yeah. like hazing her. The new Bridget like, Moynihan's just- character hates Piper Paraboo through the entire film until the very last. Like they never, I thought they were eventually going to form a friendship and they never do. And she tries no, to get fired. She's like- um, she's horrible to her. I was so, just like, uh, I, it was like really, she was like, we were supposed to make like five drinks. We were literally supposed to make five drinks in less than seven minutes. And after seven minutes, I had like only taken like a cup out and like, <laughs> like made like half one. I was like, I don't even know if I did this right. And like everyone else has their, they're like, okay, done. And I look across and I was like, Oh, and I was like, does anyone want a virgin rum and coke? Cause that's all I know how to make. Can I just make somebody like a Coke? And the guy's like, finally, like the teacher was like, all right, Annabelle, uh, you're going to be in charge of the timer. And it was like, I don't like what type of like drink category is that? And he's like, no, I'm literally just handing you, uh, the stopwatch and you're just going to be in charge of timing people. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. You should have lit that bar on fire. You should have said, I saw this. (laughs) I um, should have. I should have just like lit the classroom on fire. So there's a couple of rules at Coyote Ugly, you guys. They're like, uh, this guy was like, four margaritas, no salt. And then the lady's like, we got tequila, no salt, no mix. And they're like, white wine, no, we got Jim, Jack, Johnny Red, Johnny Black, all my favorite men. Anything and uh, anything as long as it's in a shot glass. And he goes, I'll take a beer. And then Cammy, the Russian tease. We have Cammy, the Russian tease. We have Violet, the Jersey nun. And we have Rachel, the New York bitch, which is Bridget Moynihan. <laughs> and uh, she's like, the Russian's like, we're all just little, we play little parts, except that she's really a bitch and I'm really a tease. And they're all doing like the bottle flip tricks, like with their bottles. And, uh, you know, the uh, Piper Paraboo's like, oh, I was suggesting that they buy a double. And Bridget's like, no, you want eight shots of what? And it's just and the manager's like, Jersey girl can't keep. Oh, sorry. Bridget Moynihan's like, hey, manager, Jersey girl can't keep up. And because she's like pouring a water and it's like, do we serve water with our whiskey? And they're asked, do we serve water at this bar? And then they go, hell no, hell no, H-U-O. H-U-O. hell no, H-U-O. And then the devil went down to Georgia song. Like the devil went down. And she's like, get up there, get up there, Jersey. And yeah, get up there, Jersey. Everybody's like choreographed river dancing. And she's like, get on up there. And she's like, I can't, I can't do that dance. And, uh, and then the manager's like, okay, give, uh, here's some cash. You did okay for being a nun. And she's like, you're firing me. She's like, I told you this was an audition. Now get out of here. And she walks off. And they're pulling audience members out there, you know, and a fight breaks out and Violet breaks up the fight. She's like, hey, hey, here's ten dollars. Why don't you go buy those two pretty ladies drinks over there instead of fighting? And then the manager's like, whoa, what did she do? She's like, hold it, Jersey. She sees her moxie. Yeah, I'm dying to know where that came from. Okay, fine. I'm giving you a second audition. Meet tomorrow at 12 p.m. I'm sending my fashion coordinator to meet you. 
And then all of a sudden, did you notice how like more bartenders came out of nowhere and they're all and just doing like the got up on the thing? bar? Yeah, they're they all are doing, doing like a very sexy. It is like a very sexy like river dance, and it's just like when she's like, "Get out there, Jersey!" I'm like, "How is she? She doesn't. You didn't even tell her like." where to like check in or where to like put her like purse like and you're just like get out there like I you know like and then also she's been there for a total of like 15 minutes and she's like all right go home my fashion coordinator coordinator will meet you tomorrow and like it's I mean, granted, ridiculous I don't know how like ten dollars can ten dollars buy like for like around for like two women there like I don't know how much Well, that wouldn't even last in this day and age with like, you know, you, she could, the, she could sue that manager for doing that. That's not professional. She didn't even have to fill out any paperwork when she got there. Oh, well, I was going to, oh, I was asking about like, I don't know, like, well, like granted, this is like a different time, but like, I like that. She's like, go and like buy a round at the bar. And I'm like, you have $10. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, why don't you buy those two pretty ladies a 401k with this $10? And uh, anyway, so she gives her the second chance. We cut to John Goodman on the phone and he's like, "Uh, tell me about this new bar you're working at. She's like, it's just a bar. And he's like, she's like, dad, what are you eating? And he's eating a tub of KFC. And he's like, I'm eating one of those lean cuisines. And we see Piper or Violet changing in bra and panties. And he's like, what's going on with your songwriting? And uh, and she's like, oh, no, my songwriting. Oh no, that guy still and has they're my like tape. Sand, like they're like satin panties, which I feel is like upset, like such of a time. Oh, they're like really? They're like DeLorean panties. Like they're like oh. de- I feel like nobody has like I don't know. Like they don't make satin pan- panties anymore. I don't know. I only wear boxers, so maybe I shouldn't talk. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah. So- she like goes to meet the fashion coordinator. I'm sorry. I've yeah. ruined your podcast, right? No, this is amazing. So um, anyways, she has to go back and get her tape from uh, Mr. O'Donnell, Kevin, from the, the creepy place where he's the chef. And I guess she only has one tape left for, you know, for some reason. <laughs> and she forgot she was a songwriter and she has to go because her apartment was broken into. And the kitchen, they go in there and she's like, I need my tape back. She's like, he's like, I'll figure it out. See you again. And uh, <laughs> like, he's like, did you really write all those songs? And she's like, you really listen, you really listened. And he's like, no, cause that would be an invasion of privacy. And he's like, where are you looking? And she goes, I'm a coyote. If you want to see me again, you'll figure it out. And so then we cut to the. Oh, cause he starts play- like humming one of her songs and she's like, so funny. She's like, you listen to my tape. And oh. I was like, isn't a songwriter like, isn't that why you gave people your tapes for them to listen to? Where she's like, it's like, like she had like recorded like really private things like with her therapist of like therapy. She's and new. she's like, and she's like, you listen to my tape. What an invasion of privacy. And he's like, you really wrote all those songs. You, was- yeah. She's not, <laughs> listen, she's not the brightest person in New York. So, so they cut to the uh, montage of changing into new clothes and the fashion coordinator that the uh, manager is the, the Russian girl. And she's like, Cammy, oh, the Russian tease. Cammy, she goes, sorry, Al and I were in a big fight. And then we made up twice, which means they bone twice. And she, they're like doing zippers and crotches outfits. And they're, she's like, actually, I have that one in blue. And it's a whole fashion montage, which I know, is, it's I was a, like, another stereotype of like the fashion montage. It's like, it's like, basically they're all trying, like, it's like, it's not even like hot Miami styles, like brand level clothes. 
And also, uh, you're unbelievable is playing again for the yes. third time Unbelie- in oh, 32 oh, minutes. Da, da, da. And by the way, I do want to say I, I was thinking about like if I ever did a fashion montage in a movie, it would just be me going like, oh, like I just like I always cry. Just you and old Navy, it was just, like coming would, out. No, and it would just it would just be me sitting in the dressing room, just going like, what the fuck, <laughs> like mom, mom, you don't fit me. The next size up, mom. It would just be that over and over or at Target, you know? Um, like, anyway, and so- it's like the thing with the montage is like the like movie montage is you have to have like the first thing is like they have to come out in like regular outfit and it's like and they're like people have to be like mm. and then the next one has to be like crazy like crazy like like look horrible and then people are like oh no bad and then she <laughs> comes out in like a fur like a like like lime green like fur jacket and like like you know, purple, like cat eye, like sunglasses. Yeah. And they were like, oh no. And I'm like, so she, it like, looks like she's like dressing up as like Dennis Rodman, like at the time. And they're like, no, bad. And she like comes out with a cowboy hat and they're like, no. And so like what she finally like settled on is literally just like a, like a, sh- like a no sleeve, like tank top, but like the tank top still has like, it's like a four finger like tank top. So it's like, it still would have been like allowed at my fucking middle school. Like it's like still in dress code. It's like, a sleeveless like a sleeveless shirt that says like Oklahoma in rhinestones yeah. and like low rise jeans. And she's like looking at herself in the mirror and she's like, oh, forgive me, father, for I have sinned. And I was like, you're wearing low rise jeans and a fucking choker necklace. Like this is what listen, if even if you were working like for God, listen, I think he has a few more like, you know, uh controversial like employees than you who's wearing like a tight necklace and like you know a cutoff shirt i think he has a few more employees like of older men working in boston at some churches that like he needs to take care of before like his bartender like his bartender friend who's wearing a graphic tee like jersey i think you're fine like i don't think (laughs) just wearing like oh this is so scandalous no the only one who think like the only people who think this is scandalous is like Hasidic Jews, like you're not showing, and like you could wear this, like Sheena's like wedding dress, her like wedding crop top showed more than like this outfit where she's like, oh, I have sinned. Oh, this crazy outfit, like this sexy, <laughs> sexy outfit, like um the girls at Euphoria, like the girls on Euphoria, like wear more revealing clothing than like anyone on this show. Did you notice they had a shadow of uh, Piper Paraboo's, like it was like her body and her taking her bun down. It was supposed to be like, it was just weird. It's like weird how they showed sexiness in this. Like they would do it with like shadows. But it's it like, like, yeah, it's like naked but, shadow of like, yeah, that's finger still like, puppets. Is, at that time, it was like, that was like, I feel like our 50 Shades of Grey of like, yeah, oh, fuck, I remember people a, saying this it's was a, a naked shadow. Yeah. yeah, it's a naked shadow. So we cut back to Coyote Ugly. All the girls are dancing on the bar again. Uh, they are really overusing the song. So it must be, oh, what the fuck? And um, <laughs> yeah, it's so less, Vi- Violet is watching. Five minutes. Violet's watching the girls and laughing. And a third eye blind song comes on. And Bridget pours ice over the crowd. All the guys high five. All the guys are like, yeah, she poured ice over us. Yeah. <laughs> all fucking like pumped. They're like, yeah. And uh, Violet does a shot with a customer and she tells Cammy, she goes, oh my God, I can't do another shot. And Cammy's like, chase it with a beer and then spit out the shot in the bottle. And then she, this is Kevin Smith's big line. 
uh, Violet goes, I'm in love with you. And, and Cammy's like, Violet, I'm not a lesbian. I played in the minors, but never went to the pros. And uh, so uh, there's a guy that comes up to the bar with Violet and he's like, hey, uh, she goes, this is a no parking zone, sir. He goes, can I get a water? And he goes, and then Bridget Moynihan fucks with her. He goes, you know what to do. And so <laughs> she pulls out a bullhorn, passes it to Violet, and Violet goes, this guy just ordered a water. What do we do to assholes that like what? Hell no, HTO. And she sprays him with the water sprayer. And then the manager, Lil's like, damn it. That's the fire marshal. And then she grabs her <laughs> step outside. And Bridget goes, nice knowing you, Jersey. She set her up, you guys. And Piper Violet's in the bathroom with Cammy the Russian. And she's like, I can't do this. And the Russian's like, sure you can. And then she's like, a guy's asking for you. His name's Mr. O'Donnell. And uh, the manager, the manager goes, Jersey, the fire marshal threatened me with a fine of $250. If you could find a way to make $250 tonight, I'll let you come back for tomorrow. Which, by the way, I feel like encourages prostitution. Did you get that feeling too? If it was a different movie. Oh, yeah, movie- if you can find a way. Like, he threatened me with $250 fine. It's like, I don't think, like, I don't think it's like the spraying water. Once again, what about Bridget Moynihan lighting the bar on fire with patrons right there next to her, oh. who I doubt, like, had to sign a, like, a safety release before they came into this fucking bar. The security, like, once again, the security person is reading a book. Like I get, I get I this bar, the, I get this bar shut down in a second. Listen, just like as somebody who like really just like follows the rules, I am offended. I'm offended by this like just lackadaisical attitude about fire. Um. So she goes. So we see Mr. O'Donnell, Kevin, and he goes. She goes, Mr. O'Donnell. I think tonight's my last night. I'm gonna get fired. He's like, she's like, I need to make two fifty, and he goes, Here's a nine dollar tip to help you get started. I always like to help a friend in need. And she goes, I don't want your money. And then she gets a, uh, she gets an idea and she grabs the bullhorn and she goes, bid start at $25. We got a prime man right here. This guy isn't cheap. Turn around, let him take a look at the goods. And she's like, it's payback time, Mr. O'Donnell. And then all of a sudden the NXS girls, like NXS song, like starts on like so slide over here and give me a moment <laughs> and so the girls are all like prodding them like meat and they're like what do you give me for him 20 bucks and the girls are all like wait a sec this guy's hot and they're like 35 the bidding's intense and all of a sudden we see caitlin olsen who is the lead and it's always sunny in philadelphia she's one of the girls she's like yeah and then we all these girls are bidding he removes his belt all of a sudden this guy starts dancing on the bar and he's yeah really he's on good. the bar he's rubbing his nipples i'd be like he oh, would, i'll well, give well, you money to stop he's doing splits in a twirl and caitlin olsen's like you want to come home with mama and he's like spinning and humping and he's really getting into it. This is like, this is what Annabelle, he removes his shirt, you guys. And the weirdest moment of the whole movie, he like plays with his nipples for a second. And it's like really out of, out of left field. And like, I just can't believe they let him do it. And Lil, the manager even gets into it. She goes, I'll, I'll give $200. And I'm like, bitch, if you have 200, why are you going to charge her 250? Like to pay for your ticket, you should have warned her about the fire marshal coming in. Uh, so then this lady goes two hundred fifty dollars, 
Uh, right as he's removing his jeans, Caitlin Olsen is pissed from It's Always Sunny. She didn't get it. The girl runs up the bar to claim her prize. And he's like, you owe me big time for this. And uh, afterwards, we're closing up. Two drunk girls are like, what does Coyote Ugly mean? And the manager's like, do you ever wake up sober after a one night stand and you'd rather chew off your arm than be with that ugly piece of shit you're next to right there? And the girls are like, why would you name your bar after that? And the lady's like, because Cheers was taken. Good night. And then Kevin, Mr. O'Donnell is outside when Violet walks out and he's like, this lady gave me all the details of her life. I, I have spent the last couple of hours with, her, you know, and like, and she's like, um, he's like, you owe me. It's like, you know, like, let's go somewhere. Let's look. She's like, where do you want to go? He's like, it's 3.30 a.m. in the morning. I want to go where everyone wants to go. Breakfast. And she's like, then we're even. He's like, no, we're not even close to evening. Even breakfast, lunch and two dinners. And she's like, that would be four dates. And he goes, second longest relationship I ever had. And then uh, we get into his car. It's like a big old car. And he has, she's like, looks like we can't go anywhere. There's a boot on it. And he's like, I put that boot on because it's hard to find parking in New York. He, and he, they take her to this Turkish place. Yeah, he's he like, has a fake boot on. So he like takes, like, yeah. that thing has like a car in New York City and it's not like a fucking hoopty. Like, it's like a nice, like, it's like a classic, like, what is it, like a vintage cat? I don't know. It's not like vintage, nice, shitty. It's like not a, not a shitty car that's old. He's like, it's the best, best best uh place to eat you know breakfast in town this turkish place and he goes back and he has this uh we see him get this ratty like uh grocery bag get handed to him from this short order cook and he passes money over to her and she's like whoa is this like a drug deal or something you know it's a brown paper bag like yeah like rolled and he like slides it to the guy across the counter and she goes i don't i don't know what you're into and he goes i'll tell you what i'm into and he goes, Amazing Spider-Man, issue 129. <laughs> She's like, uh, first one with the Punisher. It's the Holy Grail of comics, which, by the way, I'm into comics, and it truly is a great issue. My only issue with this whole plot, though, is they keep selling it and, like, all the, the whole, this keep coming back up, this, this Spider-Man, and they're flinging it around. You got to fucking not bend this shit. This, this getting thrown around like it's like nothing. It's like in plastic and a cardboard backing, but you need much more than that. Like people are whipping this thing out. Like the wear and tear on these things, you got to have it in mint condition. God. And it oh, is so God. ridiculous. It's just unbelievable, you know? Oh my and- God. I saw the guy who was like with and I was like, oh my God, he's like doing a drug deal with like a brown paper bag and he's like sliding it like very like shadily to like two guy who's like, they're like looking very shifty. Like they're looking back and forth and like in case like the fuzz is watching them. And when I saw like that, he pulled out like a comic book. I'd be like, I honestly, I, I, I wish it, I wish it had just been drugs. Like if I saw that this was like what he was like, I'd just be like, I, I, I wish it was cocaine. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is way more. I, this is way more disappointing and embarrassing. <laughs> no, I. I mean, listen. I thought it was cool as shit, but that's me. Anyways, they go out by the. They go out and they they park as the sun's coming up underneath the bridge, and they're just eating, staring at the bridge, laying and on it, his hood, like hood. Yeah, so unrealistic. Like the fact that movie characters like can lay in fields or lay in like 
have picnics or like lay on top of cars and like look like it's just like the like most like comfortable lazy boy. Have you ever tried fucking like sitting on the ground just in general, let alone like, like trying to lay on it or like laying on a car? It's the most uncomfortable fucking thing in the world. And they're just like, ah, so com- it's like one of those tempurpedic mattresses. You could put wine on it and jump up and down and it would like wouldn't move. See, I didn't, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think anything about that. I can sleep anywhere. Like I, I don't mind. I'm not, I'm not like that i can i can go anywhere you know i'm easy i mean i fell asleep at like i fell asleep three times in orlando at the same (laughs) restaurant so (laughs) yeah was that the rainforest cafe yeah no i uh, i was i was on my i was was riveted on the edge of my seat oh is it wait is it rainforest is the rain happening you guys uh through the magic of editing you won't realize that this uh this last part has been uh recorded three weeks after the original part, because we wanted to really think about what this movie meant to us. And if you guys have been listening to the podcast this week, you know, I have been uh, ill and I still am. I I just, I told Annabelle, I just have to accept the fact that I will die this year. So you are literally hearing iconic episodes that will hopefully be passed down for generations to come because I don't think I will make it out of 2022 at this point. But while I'm here, let's have fun. And where we left off, I was just explaining to Annabelle is this amazing movie coyote ugly the the australian gentleman just was dancing on the bar to earn 250 dollars for his lady love or somebody he's trying to impress in like a trafficking kind of auction but it was like a flip on a trafficking thing because it's a man being trafficked would you consider that what was happening annabelle Oh, do you mean what I consider that's what was happening or what I consider bidding on a man in sex trafficking? Because yes, to both. <laughs> yeah, both. I mean, both. I, that's a great. I mean, great I am point. not above. I, you know, that I have spent a lot of money trying to sleep with men, like based on, like based on auctions. They weren't on a bar, but they were like charity Wait, auctions. You, well, you've, you've been at those things where they bid on charity men auctions? Yeah. I mean, they're not like in person. Like the wait, you bid, you wait, you're like online bidding on men. That's no, I'm not. I'm not on the. No, I. I should clear this up. I'm not on the dark web, mostly because I cannot find it. But I know I bid on like celebrity, like charity auctions only of like celebrity of like celebrities I was obsessed with. Wait, like I'm like like who? Um, okay, this is happening. Jason Siegel. What the fuck is wrong with you, Jason? You were bidding on Jason Siegel. Well, it was a trip to the How I Met Your Mother set. I feel like Jason Siegel would just like meet you. Like, I mean, he, you okay, wouldn't have to pay Okay, for this it. is this is like the heartbreaking part because this was when I had just moved to LA. Now, I did my I did my research. I did my due diligence. I um, want to buy somebody from How I Met Your Mother. Who would um, be the most I would affordable? Look, <laughs> Ted Mosby. Um, yeah. I. <laughs> looked on like Twitter and like people like there was even like a post on like the celebrity <laughs> website that I follow of like celebrity hookups or whatever. And sure. so many people had hooked up with Jason Siegel. And there were actually <laughs> two girls I was wait. So Annabelle goes, Annabelle with. goes, that's the one. He's that, hooks up with regular people. I should go I for him. Obsessed. Oh my god. I was obsessed with him. I probably watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall when I was in college. It like got me through a very dark time. And you see his dong in that. And so I was like, yes, yes, yes. In like every single way. Um, so 
everyone who I had talked to had like said, he is like the biggest like man whore ever. They're like, Oh, he goes like, he goes to the bar across from Chateau Marmont, like literally every night they're like, he will make out with like, anyone that was like, and you're like, I need like- to pay money for that. <laughs> you're like, how, how can I pay for something I could get for free? Let me, let me try to give him money too. Well, out of everyone that I had met, who I, I, I just thought it was like, I had not been there for very long. I've been not doing extra work for very long. The fact that I had already met two girls separately who had slept with him and saw online that like, oh yeah, he'll just like drunk make out with anybody. Like one of the stories was like, they're like, yeah, it was karaoke night. And he just like grabbed the mic and was like, who wants to make out with me? And I was just like, oh my God, like, just like, like shooting fish in a barrel. I'll totally be able to do this. I, I donated money people... to charity for no reason. Gave money to charity for absolutely no what reason. What was the charity? Would... Single mothers? <laughs> he would not even look at me. I had to like beg him for wait, a picture. Wait, you won the auction? Yeah, I spent a lot of money. For... Wait, 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 wait. You won the auction and then he wouldn't even really talk to you? He did talk to me. It was just the most it was like the worst interaction because you made because you have. made him feel like a whore when he likes to make women feel like whores and that's why you blew it because it, it when he was like i'm getting paid for this i like to be with women that i can just like get drunk and make out with oh he no he didn't make me feel like a whore unfortunately he made no, me that's feel what, really stupid no you made um, him feel like a whore by paying for him that's what i'm saying he wasn't used to that power he didn't like being objectified yeah I like I literally like went on a cleanse for like a week and a half I finally fit into like my extra small like BB bandage dress that I was like wearing at like 11 a.m to go visit the set and like I didn't give a shit about like Allison Hannigan which like she was the one who put it up and was like I didn't give a fuck about her like she was also like rude as fuck and I'm like I'm not even here to see you and you're giving me attitude I'm here to I'm here to hook up with Jason Siegel like, I didn't even have to see you. I would have been totally fine. So it's like, I was like, oh my God, I just want to, like, when we showed up, they thought we were extras. Sure. And like, the production person was like, why are you, even, you're not supposed to be in this area. I was like, oh, I, um, I'm not, like, I don't really know where to go. And they're like, no, extras are supposed to be over there. And I was like, oh, I'm not an extra. I won an auction for a charity. And she's like, oh, you're one of Seagull's girls. Okay. <laughs> And they're like, uh, does anybody know about a charity option? This girl's saying she's here for what? I don't know. We just cut for lunch. So uh, none of us are going to be doing anything for two hours, but you can wait. <laughs> they're like, you can, you know, walk around the lot. And I was like, okay. And so it was like on the Paramount lot. No, I know. And so I, I, I was just yeah. like, I was just like sitting there and like uh, my friend who I like had flown in to like do this with me. I was like, oh my you God. Flew a, so- you flew a friend. Wait, was the friend there to hold the video camera? friend there was to be was to hold me because like I was like oh my god I won't even be able to like Jason I brought a friend Jason you can have both of us she was like oh well he's right I was like oh my god I didn't even like see him when we like I didn't even like see him when we went in there like what if they like what if like he's not even doing it like scenes for the rest of the day and she's like oh well he's right there smoking on a golf cart and like I turn around and like he's like 50 feet away from me smoking which you know already like kills me and so yeah. I was like, and I was like, I don't know, should like, should I go up to him now? And she's like, I don't know. They're like going back to work in like two hours. I was like, I don't know if I should go up to him now. I don't know if I should go up. She's like, well, I don't know. You keep turning back and like looking, like looking at him. So you need to decide. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. 
So I'm like, as I'm like walking across and like my five inch, like platform heels, like, like, oh my God, I'm like about to talk to like my future husband, like the love of my life. Like this will be the second person I sleep with. This is going to be a really big deal to me. So it's like, I'm just like, cla- like, I'm not going to even crack, watch. Like, I'm not going to even watch Greek when I sleep with Jason Siegel. skateboards in front of me like directly in front of me you know like that scene in Beverly Hills when Erica Jane's getting out of like the taxi and that that person like goes right in front of her on a bike and she like glares at the camera and when she's in latex like (laughs) goes right in front of me and he's like hey man what's up and then it's like by that time I'm literally standing right in front of them where he's just like sitting there and he's like uh just like looking at me, like, what the fuck do you want? I was like, Hey, um, I'm sorry. I just want to say, I'm like, I'm like a huge fan of yours. And I like want a charity auction. Like, that's why I'm here. And I just like, like, I just, I'm like the biggest like fan of yours ever. And he's like, yeah, well, we're on lunch right now. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, okay. And he's like, so you can just like walk around, you know, we're, we don't get back for lunch for two hours. And he's like, so, you know, you can just walk around to different sets or whatever. There are different shows, you know, and he like pointed to like a, you know, like a wall that has like all the posters or whatever. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll go check out that Family Guy set. And he's like, Family Guy's a cartoon. And it's like, I. Yeah, at this point, I, he would have invited you back to his trailer if he wanted something to do with you, you know? Like, yeah. You should have, you should have said, I had so many extras. <laughs> so many extras told me you made out with them. What's what gives? So the fact that somebody was like, yeah, he'll literally make out with anyone. And like, he, like, he barely wanted to take a picture. Like he like made my friend get in the picture with me. He was like, I'm not doing two pictures. I would love to say Jason's the problem here with this, but the fact that you went out of your way, you bought him at a celebrity. And by the way, Annabelle started this by going, I wonder if this part will be as good as the last part. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm not feeling good, but it'll, I think it'll be okay. Yeah, we did it. I don't, we can just, we don't need the rest of the movie. I just, I didn't, I wasn't even aware that you had bought Jason Siegel. Is there any other male actors you bought at auction? I tried to sleep with Seth MacFarlane at one that also didn't go out. Jesus Christ. Maybe it's good. You stay where you're at. Maybe you're in Aiken, North Carolina. Maybe you just need to stay in Aiken. Yeah. And it's like a sweet home Aiken reboot over there. Is and it, then I, it's like, I ended up going to his, I mean, I didn't even have to donate to stupid charity. It's like, I want all, I, I want all my money from charity back. Um, then I ended up going to like his house for like a Christmas party with like Kristen from Vanderpump rules. Like five Kristen years Doty. later. Kristen, yeah. You went to a Seth MacFarlane Christmas party with Kristen Doty. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was the one where I, Christina Aguilera fell into it, fell into the Christmas tree. Dude, I used to work at a, but when she used to get hammered, Christina Aguilera, like I, I had, a, I watched her get carried out of our bar one night back in the day. I mean, like 16 years, like a long time ago. Was she wasted when she fell into the tree? The thing is, what sucks is she had fallen into the Christmas tree like 10 minutes before we got there. And so like, sure. I missed like, the like I missed like the most famous like Christmas tree like of all time like besides like the one in like the Grinch I would have like loved to see that it's like I I missed like a lot of like important moments in pop culture actually I did I was gonna say just like I was at that chili cook-off that Jessica Simpson wore those jeans to that like everyone went crazy about even though she was like still only like 110 pounds do you like the, I did like- not get to fuck Jason Siegel but I was at that chili cook-off <laughs> 
You're like the Forrest Gump of stupid shit. Like you're like, <laughs> like I'll bet it every you remember that chili cookout, Jenny? I was there. Uh, I was there 10 minutes before. I was there 10 minutes after she jumped into a Christmas tree, Jenny. Can you, you believe? Play ping pong. I'll tell you, really this is a good, well, this isn't, I didn't buy anybody here, but when I was a little kid, my, there was a show called the wonder years and Fred Savage, you guys was the little star of this show. And he turned out to be a director and he produces the new wonder years on ABC. And, and he just he sexually got sexually harass you. Well, he just got fired and supposedly, well, I'm hearing now it's not sexually harassment. He was like yelling, he was being an asshole, but who knows? Maybe it's a mixture of both, but I will say, so he was like, 13 or 14. And I, we visited my uncle in Glendale and my, we were driving around the seats and we saw like a film crew at night. And I was like, Oh my God, can we stop? Can we stop? I didn't know what it was. Turned out to be the wonder year shooting. And it was my dad's favorite show and my uncle's favorite show. And my uncle was a lawyer. Like he was all, but my uncle was like, Oh my God. Like he was even like, wow. Wow. Like, and I was just like, beside, I was like, Oh my God. This is this is like I'm going to meet stars and maybe I can be in the Wonder Years. Like it was just so stupid. And I remember it was like Paul. It was like all the cast and they were like it was like an episode where they snuck out of their house during a slumber party, and so they were like sneaking out. And so we're watching like the thing get like filmed, and there's like I guess a group of ten of us watching on this street in Glendale, and just like just so random. And so I take a picture and I was so excited, and all of a sudden we get cut. Who has a flash? Who has a flash camera? <laughs> and it was I, me. I had a flash on my camera. And this is when they had just cameras, guys. It was not attached to your phone. And so I ruined the shot and fucking Fred Savage flipped me off. I was a little kid and I get a flip off from Fred Savage. And oh they're like, God. sorry, we cannot no longer have you guys watch the scene. Uh, please disperse. And my uncle was so, you could tell he was like upset at me. Like you would tell he was like embarrassed. And I, I just remember being really sad. It was just such a bummer. That's and, horrible. But I remember that little bastard flipped me off. And like, so I heard this most recent news about Fred Savage. And I'm just like, that kid's had an anger issue since back then, you know? Um. Oh my God. Actually, this like, is this is like related. I don't want it to, I was going to say, I'm like, it doesn't, like, I don't want it to sound like I'm like name dropping. Cause like none of these have been good experiences. So I'm like, not. I bought Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, I had an experience with Fred Savage where he got very upset. Like he was, I guess he used to date one of our friends that we like, that, you know, like, like. Okay. In the same. Um, and. Like, they still, like, remained, like, really friendly, I guess. So she invited me to go see, like, a comedy show. And it was, like, a comedy show in the back. It was, like, at Sal's. Like, I don't even know what that place is now. On Melrose. Like, they used to have, like, an open mic. Like, and this is, like, a a bodega restaurant. Like, it's, like, not a fancy restaurant, like, at all. But, like, there's, like, a back room where they sometimes, like, had open mics. Mm -hmm. And, like, there was supposed, like, there was supposed to be, like, a good comedy show happening but it was like supposed to be cool because it wasn't at the comedy store like the improv it's like you had to like know about the bodega or whatever so it's like we went and like I didn't know he was coming with her but also it's like I wouldn't know who he was like 
like when you like when you say the name, but it's like when I saw him, like I thought he was Corey Matthews at first. I was like, I know that I know this guy's face, but like I wasn't like a fan of like the Wonder Years or whatever. I mean, like I liked like the theme song. That was about it. <laughs> and so like when she introduced me, I was like, oh, okay. So it's like we sit down and it's like there are only like eight tables. Like this thing is like not well attended. And like the host automatically, he's like, hey, Wonder Years. Hey, wonder you and like start, like uh, like start see, and he's like yeah and he's like you know stop it man stop it and stop it and he's like oh no come on and like he just like kept talking about it and he's like stop it and he took like his, like both of his hands and it was like one of those fucking rickety little tables and I was like no I had to pay oh, wow. no these are like it's like a two drink minimum this was like a twelve dollar coke you asshole like so it's like the fucking rickety table which like already is uneven anyway and so he almost like pulled a Teresa and flipped the table and then he had to go outside like he had to go outside of the restaurant it's it's like, it's celebrities weird man it's weird for the celebrity and it's weird for us that meet like and also people just can't handle. Like if you're jaded and have lived in Los Angeles for a long time, you get used to it. But like it's people can't handle being around celebrities. It, it really messes them up. I mean, that's why people come from all over even to go to Tom Tom still. You know, it's like that that brush with like something that they see on TV. Like, I mean, I was I, I used to be so excited. I used to not be able to handle it. I mean, I missed some of those days where I would get like so excited. But then like you just whether it be my experience with Kevin Spacey at the spa or in like, you just get like, you just realize, Oh, these people are just like fucked up people that are like, just make more money and are more famous than any of my friends. But it's like the same, none of them are better than us, you know, except for these kids on coyote ugly. Oh, can I say this real quick? And then we'll do coyote ugly. My friend Haley told me how she slept with Jason Siegel and she said she's like yeah like it, she's like it was like really sad like I went to his house and he has like an entire room of puppets so it's like he went to like go get us like drinks and I fuck you like, Haley. And I just looked at the oh, fuck you man I have fucking well, this action is- figures every <laughs> fuck you Haley Haley you don't know what's cool you didn't deserve well, Jason was, like, Siegel looking Haley at, like looking at one of the puppets and came and he's like don't touch that like and you like yelled her. He's like, you don't touch, just touch. You're just coming and start touching. You don't puppets. touch a man's puppets. Now touch my penis. <laughs> Do some puppetry of the penis with this thing. How about that? I've got a puppet you can handle. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that I do if I because Jason Siegel right we can argue like attractive in a way but he's different attractive he's like he's accessible attractive so people like uh, you not know, to me not very no, not accessible no, to everyone no no I think that's like I do question sometimes if I had been more successful like would I have tried to sleep with anything I don't think I I don't think I would have like I don't I don't think I would have but you never know I think at some point I would feel bad do you like have that thought of like, wouldn't you feel bad eventually? Like I feel guilty over, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel guilty over everything. Like, doesn't he feel bad? Do I, do I think like celebrities feel guilty about like how many people they've slept yes. with? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I No, not at all. Not, I, uh, no. <laughs> how, what guy do you know? Who's like, oh man, it's so embarrassing. I've slept with so many girls. It just, oh, no, but I have, wait, 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 no, no, but I have had conversations where it's like, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't have hooked up with this girl. You know, it seems like she has like feel, you know, I'm saying? I, I have heard those things from guys in the past, not celebrities, just regular guys. Yeah. Stupid that's why I'm like celebrities. Don't <laughs> yeah. Not, not, like, so, yeah. Okay, okay. You're right. <laughs> and that, and that's why we're in uh, the the state of the world we're in right now. Um, 
but okay but back to coyote ugly let me let me paint the this is a magical movie this is ugly really, it is ugly <laughs> there okay is this is the like... second part of the so they're they're eating on this bridge you guys this the they're eating after a long night at work the sun's coming up and the australian guy's like i'll bet you'll write a song about me one day about this <laughs> moment and she's like when i get on stage i freeze and he's like what in the world and she's like, all I wanted was to stay in the dark and hear people sing my songs. I want people to sing my songs. The first time my mom played Bridge Over Troubled Water, I remember I remember everything. And every time I heard it, that song, I would remember exactly what she was wearing and the way her hair smelled and exactly how it felt. Because it's the greatest, the greatest songs last forever. And she says, uh, the only way to get my songs heard are to go out and sing them by them, sing them by themselves. And I, I don't know. And, and he's like, well, tell me stuff about you. Where'd you get all those moves from the bar? He's Australian, you guys, if you don't remember. Um, <laughs> he's not goes, a leprechaun. He's Australian. She goes, if I told you, I would have to kill you. And he goes, <laughs> oh, he goes, oh, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. And she goes, late for what? And then all of a sudden we cut to a fish market. You guys, this guy has another job. He helps unload fish. And she's like, how many jobs do you have? And he's like, Tuesday through Saturday at the club. Then I park cars. I'm a telemarketer. And then I throw fish for six hours. And she tells him that he smells really bad. And this is at the very end when they're, they're going home. And he's like, I was going to kiss you goodbye, but I thought you might gag. And then they say good night, good morning. She goes up to her place. Oh, and- no. Can I just say like really quick? that she says one of the things it's like she, i think one of the worst things that happens in this movie and this is like my biggest fear is like this is like they've just walked back to like her apartment building after like the fish market yeah and he like goes in and she's like uh she's like i know i just met you but can i tell you something and he's like okay and he's she's like you smell really bad like <laughs> That is like Erica Twombly said I smelled in the sixth grade locker room. Like, and like, I mean, they already called me Manabelle anyway, but then on top of it, I was like, now like smelled bad. Yeah. And it's like, I, I like, I've never gotten over that, which is like the reason I wear the amount of pre, like I wear the same amount of like perfume. Like I smell like a Persian club owner. Like I wear so much perfume, but it's because of that one day of like being told I smelled bad. And like, it just like, I used to wear so much Paris Hilton perfume, like her original fragrance. Like now she has like over 30 fragrances. Like, but I mean like the original one and like the pink bottle with like the black swirls. I used to wear so much of it that in school, like in high school, somebody's like, oh yeah, you like went to like Mr. Bothman's class. I was like, how do you know that? And they're like, cause we could still like, we like walked in we're like, oh, Annabelle's been here. Like I had like that, like that horrible distinction. Oh wow, so when smell. you see, when you see a scene like that in the movie, it really triggers you. Yeah, cause like, I'm like, oh my God, it's terrifying. Like it's, it's something that really, like really does it. I feel like that's one of the worst things somebody can say about you. Cause like that, that lasts like yeah, that. You know, like, or somebody <laughs> says you have like bad breath or something. It's like that was one of the worst things I think they've ever said about Lisa Vanderpump. Oh, and they said dude, her breath was... smelled like I. I think that's like the like 
the worst thing ever. Like I not about like her selling stories or whatever, which I don't believe, but like anything, like just like when they, she said, like when they said her breast smelled bad, I was like, Oh no, dude, there was no. a year long, there was a year long period. And I, I'm hesitant to tell you guys this, but there was a year long period where my ex-wife like told me I smelled like beans, like <laughs> nonsense. I mean, like, like to the point where I was like, I don't know what to do with this point. Like, like I black was, beans or baked beans or like what? Well, I was, I or like, beanie listen, babies. Or I just what? think, well, he, I think she was like, I was on this like health kick and I was on this diet and like, I had like a small amount of beans in my diet and I felt like she didn't like me on the diet. So she would like say things to me that like, but she like, I was like brushing my teeth with like five, this like five layer of, she like, I was, I was like having to like, to go to bed, I would have to do like four different things. So she wouldn't complain about the bean smell. And I've, I, I, I you know, nobody's ever, ever like, and, and by the way, it, it supposedly went Did away. Did she start calling you Mr. Bean? Cause I would have. No, I don't think she was aware who that was, but uh, I, I, it went away eventually, I guess. I mean, but nobody's ever told me I smelled like beans since like, but it really messed with me. Like I really like psychologically right? it met, like, I still go like, I wonder if I really do smell like beans, you know? And I was like, that's like, no offense to beans, but I just was like, I don't want to smell like beans, you know? Like it's I not it's one I was of like, the worst, like, I think it's one of the worst things you can do to people because it's like, it like scars you like mentally forever. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like Definitely, imprinted yeah. on you. Like no matter how much like deodorant you buy or like it's always like in the back of your head of like I smell. Yeah. Uh, just like uh, our main character does from the fish market. So she goes up to her house. No kisses had. She comes in with a wad of money, you guys. And she looks at her notebook and she has her cat and a wad of money. And she goes, I'm going to spend it, which is like aspirational <laughs> for girls. You can like, oh, girls are like, yeah, girl. She opens up the door and Adam, the guy is there. And she's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I changed my mind about the kiss. I think we should give it a shot. And in this day and age, that would be like stalkerish. It would be like weird. But she's like, OK, they kiss. And he goes and they goes, have a nice day. And then we get uh, another great song. I forgot what song they play here. Do you have it written down what song? But I was like, another great song. The soundtrack is um, just dope. I guess the soundtrack was on like the best-selling charts for like a year. Yeah, it's amazing. But we cut back to the bar. They're all dancing on the bar. This is where I also said like, I know Tyra supposedly went to law school, but like, why couldn't they have just had her in the whole movie? Like it wasn't no hit, nothing hinged on Tyra being in law school. She comes back at the very end, but I'm like, they should have had her as just another character to fill oh, yeah, out these they'd... bar scenes. She was like the best one. And also it's like, she had a dance like double. So it's like, not like she couldn't have been in more scenes. It's like, she already had her like stand in. Like she yeah. already had her like stunt dance woman, but it's like, I know I totally agree with you. I like the fact that she's on like the poster and she's like such a big part of the movie that everyone remembers. But I mean, she's in like the movie slightly more than like Drew Barrymore was in Scream. Like, but you remember her so much from the movie, but you're like, oh, she's not yeah. in that much. Um, so we're at the bar, they're dancing. The guys are going wild tonight. They are just cutting. They are just so into these ladies dancing on the bar and serving drinks. But all of a sudden the cops are there. They're well, trying to show sailors. There's a bunch of sailors. Well, there. Like yeah. in I didn't, sailor. I didn't want to, I didn't want to speak ill of our sailors, but yeah, there's sailors there. And 
uh, they're trying, they're like, they're trying to shut us down. And these guys, this guy's like, this isn't a ga- gas pump, son. Wait your turn. And a fight breaks out. Then all of a sudden, this guy's like, I'm a reporter from The Voice. And the guy's like, no picks, man. Um, and um, then all of a sudden- Do you know who? Do you? Because, <laughs> yeah, there's this guy taking pictures of the girls on the bar. And their horrible security guard. Horrible. The worst security guard in the world. Yeah. Um, like, he's no Steve Wilkos. Like, in his dreams, he wished he could be. Are you, are you um, about to tell me, ask me who the uh, guy took in the picture was? It was Ronan Farrow. Guys, can you believe it? He was no. doing undercover. No, it was Michael Bay. I know. It's what I do. Yeah, it, I don't think it was. But you Ronan didn't know. Farrow. You no, know when we did it a couple of weeks ago, it was Michael Bay. Remember, I was the one that told you it was Michael Bay because you were like, Michael Bay's in this movie? Oh, I'm I pretty sure. In my notes. It's, okay. I'm, well, anyways, when I, anyway, <laughs> you guys, you guys have listened to this or quicker than any anyways everybody's going insane they grabbed the russian uh bartender girl off the bar and um, i thought this would have been funny if this was the end of the movie it just like it's just destruction and it like burned down yeah like, they the do like an insurrection over the yeah. bar like and then they yeah they take cammy like it's like she's taken by like the duke lacrosse team i'm like oh no this is gonna go so it's like it looks like it's going into like the accused territory very quickly oh. like she's just oh. surrounded I mean, like, at a certain point, if you're if you're having a team of men take one of your employees off the bar, like maybe we should shut down the bar. Like also, they really, so they great. really show like, like all NYPD, hope was lost. Like NYPD is there and they're they just like outside it. talking to like the club owner, like or like hassling like an unarmed black person. It's like, why aren't you in there doing anything? <laughs> like, but, but the movie, the movie sets it up like, oh my God, like it's the end of the bar. Like they've kidnapped the Russian girl, da da da. And then all of a sudden Violet, you guys, pours a bucket of ice all over the crowd. And, and it, or no, she picks up a bucket. Sorry, I just gave it away. She picks up the bucket. How will she save the situation? She pours ice over everyone. And then everybody's like behind the bar even. And the managers are like, Jersey, they're tearing this place apart. And the only option, you guys, the only option at this point, because literally if she doesn't do something, all these women and trigger warning here are going to be sexually assaulted and killed. Like that's what it, that is what it looks like. It's going to happen. And she sees a microphone, you guys, and she grabs it slowly and she starts singing Blondie. Like just lightly at first, just lightly. And the guy on the, on the bar with two bottles behind the bar, he's like stolen two bottles and he hears the blondie. He hears like something like an angel singing. And he's like, okay. And then Violet's like slowly kind of getting into it. She's giving a little more performance. And now she's like starting to slide up and down the pole. And the two cops are even watching. They're like, wait a second, this is blondie. And and you guys, it like really bonds everybody at that bar together. Well, it calms everybody. Stops. Everyone yeah. stops. Like she's the, I mean, she's literally like the Pied Piper Pereira Like everyone yeah. stops and they're trying. So like there's like a scene of like these guys, like they're in like a Western like saloon brawl. Like they're like mid yeah. like punch and they like hear her like singing and they like both stop and like look at the bar. Like it's like Christina Aguilera singing. Like this like giant powerful yeah. voice is like coming out of this like so beautiful, beautiful blonde. Instead you just have like this beautiful blonde girl who's like go like baby ghost singing. Like and she's like, one way, one way or another, I'm gonna find you. you. And she's looking back and forth, like with the microphone, like, and just I'm like, 
she's not even like singing like the national anthem or something. It's like all these like servicemen stop and they're like, who's that baby ghost doing karaoke? Like everyone just like stops. And it's like, this is like, this is what it took. Like who needs a rape whistle? And you could just be like, yeah. One way or another. I mean, I do think she started to sell it a little bit more than you're giving her credit for uh, towards. I'm saying at the beginning, like what made everyone stop and listen. And then when she's like, and then she's like, all right, I'm going to like slide, like I'm sliding up and down and I'm like walking around the bar and it's like everyone like in the, like they're doing like, like callbacks, like to her, like it's like queen, like, and she's like, like putting the microphone out and like they're answering her back. And I was like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like out of all the songs that like, collectively like everyone knows like i don't like i don't know why they chose like this song she goes well i think it's just they probably had the rights to it i mean if i don't think there's much thought i mean who knows one way or the other i'm gonna find you i'm gonna get you get you get you i can see that's like has a little bit of kind of a female empowerment kind of thing maybe that those are the lyrics to that you know one way i liked i liked the version in mean girls better but Yes, it was uh, that's ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh anyways, everybody's saved and they're like, last call, I'll start clearing them out. The cops are like, yeah, cool, everything's under control. We don't have to do anything. And uh the Russian girl's like, Did you see their faces? They all wanted her. There wasn't a dry seat in the house, which I was like, are they saying that the guys all came themselves? Is that what they start like? I not a like, dry Ew. seat in the house. Does that mean they the guys got all wet? And and then Piper Perry. Like, oh, like, does that mean like all the toddlers started crying? Like all the kindergartners? Like when like Lil's like every guy's walking around with a kindergartner oh, and yeah, dockers. Yeah. And, khakis, yeah. and I'm uh, like, Ugh. so Piper uh-huh. Perry Violet's done this whole performance, killed it, and she's gotten so much adulation. And she's like, sorry guys, that was a one-time performance. And Rachel's like, Rachel, the girl that hates her, is like, yeah, she just sang along to a jukebox. Um, and I was like, you tell him, Mr. X Tom Brady. Actually, Bridget Moynihan put some respect on her name. She's not just Tom Brady's ex, that fucking asshole, that sack of shit. No, she's star of Blue Bloods. You guys, this is the end of this part of the episode. We have, let's see here, less than one more hour of this, which we will put on Thursday with the Kardashian recap. Remember, uh, there will be a timestamp so you can skip right here. But I think this is, uh, I think this has got to make you feel really good. This is, uh, this is the kind of stuff when we walk through a classic movie like this, it is it's incredible. So thank you guys so much. Remember, you can listen to these at any time. I count on you guys listening to them when you're on a road trip or something. You just can say, you know what? Let's put on that five-hour recap of Coyote Ugly while we drive through this beautiful, beautiful Americas. Okay, you guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Betches.